0: noon hour is here and you're locked on to Utah's highest rated most listened to sports radio station it's
1: my station
0: it's my station this is is. is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5 the KSL sports zone 90-97-5,
2: 90 the KSL Sports Zone. Happy trade deadline, everybody. The trades are coming in fast and furious. Whether it's the Jazz or whether it's former Jazz players, everybody seems to be involved with some level of connection to the Jazz. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. We got some gear. We got some candy. We got all kinds of goodies to come by and hang out with us. And we'll, uh, we're going to have ourselves a day. So let's go. Let's get after it. How you doing, bud?
3: Man, I'm just grateful to you. I don't know how you do it, but it's like you, <clears throat> you sense you sense what, <clears throat> what I'm dealing with, and you, you see my needs. You call me, you say, hey, could you use a sandwich? And I'm in a little bit of a hustle because I've been sitting there watching these trades and yep. trying to put together some thoughts and jot down notes and directions I wanted to go for the show today. And I was, I was like, yeah, I could really use a sandwich. And here we've got a sandwich, dressed up perfectly, extra mayo, some fresh bread. I got you. And I am juiced and ready to talk about what we're watching take place right now.
2: Well, there's a lot to uh, wrap our arms around, and so uh, with that, let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. Starting the lineup begins right now. 97.5 the EKSL Sports Zone.
0: This is Hanson Scotty G up is set and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day this is the starting lineup on 97.5 the ksl sports song
2: all right we got players on the move we've heard over and over again that kelly olenik was most likely going to be the jazz traded and that is in fact the case kelly olenik on his way to toronto uh ochai abaji is the jazz give up on the former lottery pick Uh, And he will be on his way to Toronto. Otto Porter, uh, Kyrie Lewis Jr., and a 2024 first-round pick all on their way to Utah. So there you go. It'll be, by the way, that first-round pick, the least favorable of the Oklahoma City, Los Angeles Clippers, and Houston Rockets.
3: There's so much to discuss here, Scotty. So many things, so many different angles that I was sitting there thinking about this morning. And I think I want to start with this because the overall feel that I'm getting from most Jazz fans, I think there's some that probably are in alignment and understand some of the things that are happening. But for the most part, there's a lot of confusion. There's quite a bit of disagreement. Yes. Um and it, it is very clear that the Jazz are getting worse with every trade as far as this season. On the court this season, they're getting worse, and I think a lot of people saw whatever it was, winning 12 of 14, and everybody just watched the two wins against Oklahoma City and Philly, and everybody was kind of excited about four-quarter play, and they're, they're watching Keontae, and, and Kelly Linick was a part of that, and Ogbaji was a, a part of that. And so I understand what people are seeing and what they're thinking, and I want people – I want to help people understand what's happening. And in order to understand what's happening, you got to go back to 2003, 2004, when the Boston Celtics engaged Danny Ainge as a full-time GM with that team. Now, he had come in in the 2002-2003 season, but he engaged in 2003 and 2004. And I was going back and looking at that roster. They had nothing. Yep. Ricky Davis, Brandon Hunter, Mike James. They had Lever Fence. They had Walter McCarty, Chris Mim. The only real piece that they had on that team at the time was Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. That was it. Now, after that season, so going into 2004-2005, Paul Pierce started to get really unsettled, started to make some comments, started to drop some hints that he's expecting more and wants more. Danny Ainge continues to draft through the 2006-2007 season, and he gets himself to the 2007-2008 season, and Scotty, we all know what happened in that season. There were trades for Ray Allen, there were trades for Kevin Garnett. They were able to build the roster, and and it went from that roster that I just told you to Ray Allen, Eddie House, Kendrick Perkins, Paul Pierce, Scott Pollard, uh, Rayshon Rondo, Brian Scalabrine. What Breen, was he? The was he was he was a three-point shooter mostly? Was he? Uh,
2: big man. He could stretch the court a little he bit. He could stretch a little yep, bit. A little bit. And, uh, and Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. I forgot about him.
3: Sam <laughs> Cassell was on that team. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lloyd. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> that is so immature. So. The, the other crazy part that people need to understand about Danny Ainge when he got the nickname Trader Ainge. As soon as he was done with this group, I think it was, what, 2013? Yep. That he moved them all to Brooklyn. Yeah,
2: he got a sweetheart deal and moved them to Brooklyn. Got
3: a sweetheart deal. He moved uh, – I, man, I – Pierce was part of it. I know Pierce was part of it. and, and Garnett was part of it. Garnett was part of it. And I want to say Terry, Jason Terry was a part of
2: it? Uh, I can't remember, but I know those the big two were in it.
3: Uh, so he, he moves them. He gets, I want to say, four – three or four first round draft picks and four or five pieces back and then reshapes the future of where Boston would be where they currently are and where they have been for the last few years, Yeah, which is a, a dominant force. So, so that's one thing I wanted to do. Just to help people understand he, he took over full-time 2003, 2004, and it took him four seasons To get him to that point where he had the assets, he had the gumption, he had the faith and the backing, and then he made the moves. Okay, secondly, what I would like to ask all Jazz fans to do right now is just recognize what you've got in draft picks on this team currently. Because outside of Victor Weminyama, I would say that Keontae George has been a second or maybe third most impressive piece out of what was projected as one of the biggest drafts in the last 10 years of NBA draft. Yeah. And I went through and I was just looking at some of the numbers in comparison. And we talked about the Thompson brothers, Amen and Osir. We talked about Anthony black. We've talked a lot about case and Wallace and jet Howard, all guys taken before Keontae George. I know that Taylor Hendricks checked in at number nine, but the other point we got to look at a couple of things. So as he's acquiring draft picks, I think that he's got an idea of what's he, what he wants to do in the draft. Whether he moves those pieces for free agency or not, I think he has really good draft understanding, good draft vision. I think we're now going to see Taylor Hendricks move in, get a lot more minutes, so we're going to see what that draft pick and that piece is all about. And I sit back and I just watch the whole thing take place, really
2: Yeah, and – and we might talk to Ben a little bit later on the show if he's available uh, during the Jazz Preview Show. I do think that there's a certain element you look at, and I thought Ben said it beautifully. And I was, I was looking at things this morning when I saw these trades coming in. And I'm like, and and part of me was because I'd referenced this in terms of Will Hardy. Will Hardy's coached now essentially four different teams. Yeah. You know, he had his team last year that was had some veterans with Beasley and, and Conley and some of those guys. Those guys get moved out, and then there's the youth movement. Uh, at the end of last year. And then this year, you've got a different team. And then you spin those pieces off for parts in Olenek and Abaji and Fontecchio and who knows what else is going to happen but in the next hour or so. And so and so now this team gets reshaped. And I'm thinking, wow, that's got to be rough on Will Hardy to try to really adapt on the fly and try to win games. And Ben, when he was in a conversation with David Locke earlier today, I thought he made a really good point. And essentially... If you look at the script this year, it is very, very similar to last year, if not ideal. The Jazz had veterans that they propped up, that they showcased last year, Beasley, Vanderbilt, Conley, and then they were able to flip them for assets. Mm -hmm. This year, you had veterans. um, In Olenek, you developed guys like, uh, you know, Abaje didn't develop the way you would have liked, but at least he was available and had some level of, desire from Toronto to want to be have him part of the trade. And then Fontecchio, who was a borderline NBA player, and you're able to flip him for a high second-round pick. So you developed, you showcased, and then you created assets. I mean, it's like flipping houses, right? You buy low on a house, you go in, you do a gut job, you tear it up, you take it down to the studs, you build it back up, and then all of a sudden you're able to flip it and hopefully make a few uh, uh, a few bucks along the way. That's what the Jazz are doing right now in building the assets. Now, the question is, Jazz fans are like, look, I'm going to games. I'm to support this team. I'm ready to support a winner. And I do think the Jazz ultimately want to get into the playoffs, at least the playing tournament this year. But this is building towards something big. Like, there's going to be a moment. And I remember that draft night back in 2007, 2008. I can't, I, I can't remember which year it was that you're referencing but I'm down with Pace Mannion, David James is with us, and we're doing our draft night special. And I remember Boston being like, hey, oh, my gosh, they just got Kevin Carnett. Oh, my gosh, they just got Ray Allen. Yep. And we're like, okay, Boston's a player now. Big time. Boston's in, in it to win it. There's going to be a moment here, folks. Like, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't, know. I don't know what it's going to look like. But Danny Ainge is going to push those chips in. It may take... This summer, it might be two summers from now. I don't know when it's going to happen. It was four years with Boston. But it's going to happen. It was actually five because Danny Ainge
3: came in in an observation period with Boston, just like he did with the Jazz. Danny Ainge was hired by the Jazz December 20-something, 2021, and has had observation time and took some time just to – look at the big picture before he really engaged and it was really apparent that Danny Ainge wants to be in the draft he he wants to yes. have draft assets and yep. he wants to, if he wants to make a pick on draft day he wants to be able to do that yep if he wants to move those drafts he wants to be able to do that that is very apparent and we've watched him now move back into the 2024 draft and I I know you know the other complaint I keep picking up is Oh, man, it's the 2024 draft. It's projected as one of the worst drafts in, in the last 10 years. And I, I know 23 was projected as one of the best, and 24 doesn't have those same projections. That doesn't mean that there aren't some hidden gems. Oh, yeah. Even on the other side of the pond that you're looking at and projecting with.
2: I mean, what did you get Keontae George at? Was he 16? He was 16. 16. All right. Keontae George is one of the, you know, two or three best players in that draft right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the tops in assists. Uh, he's one of the tops in points. He's one of the tops in minutes production. He is
2: absolutely yeah, so, a gym out of number sixteen. So I don't look. I don't care where they're at in the draft. I don't care where they get selected in the draft. Uh, the ultimate thing is you've got ammunition to get who you want in the draft, and the Jazz are boy, they are they are stockpiling like crazy, man. It is. This is a war chest in which Danny Ainge is going to be like a mad scientist. Now, again, it's tough to say be patient, be patient, be patient. But it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when. I don't know how. But there's going to be a moment where you're a Jazz fan, and you're going to fire up Twitter, and you will be like, oh, oh, okay. Here we go. Now, is it tough right now? Sure, because you're a worse team today. You are. You were a worse team yesterday when Fontecchio got traded. You're a worse team today. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is, and sometimes that happens. uh Is it going to be? Are you going to be hard pressed to make the playoffs? Yes, you're definitely going to not be a top six seed in the playoffs. You, you know, best case scenario at this point with 30 games to go is you're a you're a playing team. All right. Well, that that's a nice step for this team. That'd be meaningful minutes for Keontae George to play in a NCAA tournament like Phil one and done situation. That's good experience for these guys, but. At the end of the day, this is all building towards something that's either going to happen this summer, the next summer, or trade deadlines down the line. Um, it's tough for me to hop in here and say trust the process because I'm a little bummed out. I kind of liked how this team was shaping yeah. up. I like watching Olenek. I loved watching Fontecchio. Um, I hate the fact that the Jazz had to punt on Abaje. We, we knew what the end result of this team was going to be, but we liked it. Yeah. So if you know what you're dealing with, and now, now Taylor Hendricks – Look, Taylor Hendricks was going to have to be a meaningful minutes guy next season. Well, you get a jump start on that right now. Instead of waiting until fall of next year, now Taylor Hendricks is going to be a guy that's going to play probably 15 to 18 minutes a game for the Mm -hmm. next 30 games. Yeah. All right. Let's see how he handles it.
3: You know, I think that there's some other observations that are going on from Danny Ainge and this front office staff from ownership on down and... You think about the coaching staff that was there with Boston when they made the move and you you had Doc Rivers in that moment, the guy that could you know, get to the ears of these players, manage those players, develop some of the younger guys, and get this team really functioning quickly because they had a small window to function with the group uh, that they put together. I've got to imagine that Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith and everybody, they're sitting back like, okay, when we do pull the trigger, let's make sure that we've got the right director. Let's make sure that we've got the right assistants. Let's make sure that, you know, when we finally assemble this army and we're headed to the front lines, that we've got the generals that we can trust. Because you do have to have those pieces. It doesn't, like, you could... Grab some pieces and throw them together. And if you don't have the right guy to organize and manage the, the personalities and the egos and, and then develop some of the draft choices that you've got to bring up because you've only got so much cap that you can spend. And you, you have to hit with timing on draft picks mm-hmm. where they're affordable. You've got affordable draft picks. You infuse that with high-level free agencies, and you meld those together with some development and some great coaching management to bring them to a championship level. And I really don't think Danny Ainge has a lot of interest in just getting to a play-in. No, 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 no. I don't think he has a lot of interest in, you know, uh, well, you know, if we just get to that, man, if we get that first round of the playoffs and make a, a a couple extra million dollars with ticket sales and maybe push it to six or even a game seven, well, that would be a win for us. Th- that's not a win for me. And that's not what I expected from Danny Ainge when he was hired. And that's not what I expected from Ryan Smith when he bought. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing is more a representation of what I expected from those guys when they bought it and when they made the hires, which which to me, it's exciting. There is a part of me that was like, yeah, let's see what this Jazz team could do. They're definitely going to get to a play-in tournament. They'll, they'll get at least one more postseason game. Let's see what happens. But why do that? Why bang your head against a wall for an extra game when – you could possibly make some big moves that influences your entire roster here in two years.
2: Yeah. The, uh, I go back to uh, our conversation with Ryan Smith. I think it was at the uh, UFC press conference where we were talking about his just crazy desire to bring a championship to Salt Lake City. I mean, that, that was guy, it. That, that was at The uh, UFC. That thing. guy wants it so badly. And and look, he's also ulti- He's the ultimate fan. Like he's the ultimate Jazz fan. He's like, you know, if uh, if you as a diehard Jazz fan somehow won some crazy lottery and you became a multi-billionaire and you were able to buy uh, buy the Jazz, that's you're Ryan Smith. Like Ryan Smith is a fan first and a business owner second of the Jazz. So he wants to win. And he said, and this is a line that's always stuck out to me, and I've referenced it a bunch of times, where he said, we're willing to go through a lot of pain to bring a championship here to Salt Lake City. And I, the more I think about it, the more I think that maybe he picked up that line from Danny Ainge. Because when he brought Danny Ainge in, and I'm sure he's like, hey, Danny, I want you to run this thing. Uh, Justin's going to be your right-hand man. He can do a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this is going to be your baby. This is going to be your, the face of this thing. Let's get it going. And I'm sure Danny looked at the roster and looked at everything and said, okay, you know what, I, I can do this for you. I can get you in a position where we'll challenge for a championship. But you're going to need to know a few things. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take some time. We're going to have to part with some faces that you're good friends with, like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and, you know, Mike Conley. And it's, this is not going to be easy, and it's not going to be fun at first. And I'm sure Danny, you know, look, Danny didn't need to come and take this job. Like, he didn't need it. He doesn't need the money, doesn't need the attention. But you know what? Ryan Smith is awfully persuasive, and I'm sure that there was a conversation where he said, hey, look, okay, I'll do this for you. I'm done in Boston. My time there is run its course. I'll come do this. But you need to know, as a fan, that also, by the way, happens to own the team, this is going to be a little... There are going to be some hiccups along the way. I mean, there's going to be some hard decisions. There's going to be some things that aren't going to be fun. And today, for a jazz fan, it's not fun. Like, this isn't a fun day for you. Now, if you look big picture and you look at the potential, it could be fun. But right now, you're looking at, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? This, you know we're not going to be in the plan blah blah blah. like you can say those things and that's perfectly fine you can be upset with the short-term loss today and also be excited about the long-term future for the jazz both things can very much be true and i think for the most part jazz fans get it i think they understand that this is all about the long game it's still again it's painful though i get it man it is it's painful
3: it is it's it's hard to watch especially because i've I've got some thoughts on Ochai Bhaji that I'm going to express probably a little bit later in the show. And maybe some thoughts on Kelly Lenick, too. But I can't help but try to think of what Ryan Smith is and and who Ryan Smith is. And, And I think you've got to get to the basement of that to understand where and what he wants to do with this Jazz team. And if I'm him, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the most recent sample size of the Golden State Warriors and Joe Lacob and that ownership group and what they did back in 2013, 2014, moving into the 2015 season. And Bob Myers was great and doing his thing. And you remember Mark Jackson is clicking along, and he's got that roster, and he made the the now-famous comment, it's the best backcourt shooting combo in the history of the NBA.
2: And everybody rolled their eyes. And
3: and everybody rolled their eyes, and and we all kind of chuckled. And the very next year, he hires Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr goes 67-15 and with a roster that included Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, uh, Clay Thompson, Leandro Barbosa, and the, the rest is history. And if if you're Ryan Smith and you're this new Jazz owner, and you're looking at where Golden State is now worth money-wise, what they're worth, what they've done in that span, the championships, you have to look at that and say, all right, how many big boy decisions had to be made? How many people had to get their feelings hurt? How many people had to be fired, cut, traded, moved? How many things had to happen for them to own a dynasty? Are we in this for a short term, maybe a, a play-in, or maybe a first-round exit in the playoffs? Or are, are we in this to try to build something? Yeah. Now, I know that John Stockton and Karl Malone, they never brought home the ultimate gold, the ultimate trophy, But they were in that mix for a long time, and that's when he was growing up. That's the jazz that he remembers. And it's not this, "Mm, fingers crossed that we finish in the 10th seed, and then you get to play the 7th seed, and and then if you win that and you win one more, it's just not his world. And everything we're seeing right now is an indicator. That's not his world. It's not his interest. It's not Danny Ainge's world or his interest. These guys are looking at Lakeup. You know, they're looking at Myers. They're looking at what Steve Kerr has done. They're looking at what Golden State did. They're looking at Popovich. They're looking at San Antonio, where a lot of these guys have some of their ultimate influence from. How long they made that run and and how much money they made. Yep. Because nobody wants to be a Donald Sterling, spineless wimp
2: that never makes a push That always plays it safe. Always just happy to take the check and not worried about results on the court.
3: Ryan Smith does not want that as a legacy.
2: No, no. No, no, look, Ryan Ryan wants to be the owner that brings a championship to the Jazz. You talk about legacy, you you own an NBA team that brings an NBA title to Salt Lake City. That's a legacy right there. That's a legacy. To be able to get up on the stand with – the commissioner and grab the trophy and say some that, words. That's Ooh. a legacy. That's it right and, there. And
3: that's the way owners get known. Yep. The reason we know Mark Cuban is he went and got himself a championship. Now he's a vocal person, but he went and got himself a championship in the middle of one of those <laughs> of one of those dynasties. You know th- that's why we know some of these owners' names. Now there's some like Ballmer and others that are theatrical and overly emotional and buffoons buffoons yeah but the the ones that i i really respect are the ones that made the push had to make the hard business decisions fired a lot of dudes cut a lot of dudes moved a lot of dudes but ended up with a roster that landed big oh and by the way it doesn't matter what they do it's all a big risk it's oh, all yeah. a big gamble yep. we could be here in 10 years shaking our head like what just happened yeah oh yeah what was that or we could be well, here in 10 years saying up oh, scotty that was that was quite the train yeah
2: i mean look i i remember i was in i had some meetings radio meetings over at the zbbc when i hear yelling down the hallways and it was the old ownership group and the old management group that were screaming and yelling because they went all in on mike conley and that was it. That was the final piece. That's what they needed. Well, guess what? They swung and it didn't work. Yeah, missed, and they missed. And you know, COVID had a little bit to do with it, and and but, him getting acc- yep. acclimatized. That yep. I had mean, a little to do with it. And so, look, you know, you go all in, and then that closed the window for that Jazz team. Yeah, they, yeah. That's they used their assets. Then the assets were gone. And then you had to and then you had to max rebuild contracts. it.
3: Contracts. Yeah, You had to pay out max contracts, and it was like, can't, we can't, <laughs> can't do it. Yep. But, you know, you and I have had an opportunity over our years on sports radio to watch a, a Boozer Williams run. We've watched the Donovan Mitchell-Gobert run. We've watched teams build and teams crumble. And that's all we're watching right now. Yep. They want to put something else together. And they see. Look, like, you, you watch, man. I, I know with all this trade goes down. That Delta Center is going to be jam-packed. Yep. Those fans are still going to be hungry all the way to the bitter end. They're gonna be better, they're gonna be just bloodthirsty and hungry, and I'm just hoping that sometime soon, all of this pays off for them. Yes. Because I don't know if there's a more loyal fan base.
2: Not really. All right, Hans and Scotty, we're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. Rich is with us. It's February. Love is in the air, Rich.
4: Love is in the air, and we got a love fest going on here.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, we want people to fall in love with their vehicle, and there's a few ways that happens. Number one, it's a great vehicle. Number two, it's a vehicle they can afford. And number three, it's a vehicle they know is going to be on the road for a long time. Well, you can check all three of those boxes down here.
4: Constantly, every day, and we do it every day. And right now we have some spectacular financial programs going on. They've just gotten better every month as we pull away from the COVID and all that situation went down. Uh, And now with tax season hitting us, boy, if you're getting a tax return, why don't you keep some of it? Use a little bit for the money down, if you like, and use that money to go on a trip with your new car. (laughs) Because a lot of our clients do. That's what they like to do. And I just have a beautiful selection, 250 used. I have uh, over 150 new here. So we have a beautiful inventory to select from. And Nissan makes the best cars on the planet, pound for pound, dollar for dollar. There is no better value in the marketplace for a car that you like. It's been so nice to watch dealerships be able to
3: restock and get the inventory in so people can come in and go up and down the lot and say, I like that color, but I like that style. Do you have that color in this style? Yes, we do. We got that color. Oh, do you want to throw on some tinted windows? Do you want to throw on a couple of new tires? What do you
4: want to do here? Don't forget the gold package. Yeah. Yeah, the old gold package. Of course, we don't do many of those anymore, but uh, we do modify the cars, uh, uh, make them so sort they're of unique for you and for your family. And make them special so that uh, it's a, you know, a car's a member of your family. Yeah. It is. You know, we all spend money on our cars. We know.
2: Well, you know, and when a member of your family gets sick, you take them to a doctor. (laughs) When your car gets beat up a little bit or needs some repairs, you bring it in here and you've got a forever warranty you're handing out to everybody.
4: You know, isn't that the beautiful thing? You can get, a lot of people buy a new car just to get the warranty from the manufacturer. Yeah, Yeah. Isn't it amazing that I could save you maybe $10,000, get you a nice used car, That's got a lifetime powertrain warranty. How about that? You can't even get that from the manufacturer, but we offer it. And we do put it on our new cars, and we do put it on our used cars. And even if it's not my brand, maybe I got a Toyota here that you like. That's fine. Buy it. We'll put that warranty Mm -hmm. on there for you. That is security. That's comfort level. That's unmatched in the industry in Utah.
2: It really is. You got to come down here. Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray, Rich and his crew. Sharing the love with you. It's a February love fest. They want to get you into these vehicles. Let's get you down here. They're great dudes. They're going to work with you every step of the way and uh, get you in a vehicle that you're proud to drive and you love to drive right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. <laughs>
0: This is, this is DJ and PK. OKC okay, so got him last time at Delta Center.
5: That's a poll question for another day. The Delta Center or Delta Center? What do they want? They've asked me
6: to drop the the, so I'm going to. Because? Nobody asked me. They don't care what I think. I just like that it bugs you.
0: OK. <laughs> I was talking to a guy I work with. He said, I was up early driving somewhere. I had you guys on. PK was cracking me up. He's giving you such a hard time. But I agree with you. It's the Delta Center.
5: But it was still <laughs> hilarious. I love that you've thought about it. Well, I have to. You keep bringing it up. I don't give a crap what they call it. (laughs) It makes no difference to me. I care about what goes on the floor during the game.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Zone. This is your Jazz at 30 update on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz Basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Hub. Well, one day after Simone Fontecchio
2: was sent packing, the Jazz have now sent Kelly Olenek and uh, Olenek and Abaje to Toronto in exchange for Otto Porter Jr., Kyra Lewis, and a 2024 first-round pick. That first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, from ESPN, the Jazz, that pick will be the least favorable of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Los Angeles Clipper and Houston Rocket pick. So the Jazz pick up a 2024 first round pick as well as that 2024 second round pick from the uh, from the trade yesterday. That is your Jazz at 30 update right here on 97.5, the KSL Sp- Sports Zone.
0: You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin, That's right. Yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports. Zone.
2: Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's a big jazz day today. By the way, we had great conversations yesterday with Kalani Satake as well as Blake Anderson. If you're looking for a little college football fix, uh, just head to the old podcast page. You can find it on kslsports.com or just go to whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Search Hans and Scotty and you can get all those conversations from yesterday. But the Jazz hands Willen and dealing, uh multiple reports now that the Jazz will not be trading Jordan Clarkson. He will be back on the roster for the, uh, for the remainder of the season. And uh, so if you're worried about Jordan leaving, uh, he's not going anywhere. So there you go. At least for all you Clarkson fans out there, you're going to be all right. It's going to be okay.
3: Well, I'm not as worried about Jordan Clarkson being on the roster as them not being able to move Taylor Horton Tucker maybe. But I just don't think there's a market out
2: there. I, I just don't think there's a lot of people banging the doors for THT.
3: No, because i got to imagine that the Jazz have dangled him out there a few times in, in an effort to get anything for him. Were you surprised that a first-round pick came back for Kelly Lennock?
2: Uh no, actually, I was a little underwhelmed with the trade. Honestly, the fact that they needed to get uh, that they had to throw baji into the mix to get that first-round pick. I think I I would have assumed that he would have been good for a late first-round pick on his own. But to sweeten the deal, you have to throw in baji. But you know, you look across the league, a lot not a lot of first-round picks being thrown out right now. No, so I you know, people are tightening the uh, the belts a little bit in terms of wheeling and dealing in regards to first-round picks. So. You know, I guess with that being said, it's good that they got the first round pick. I'm a little underwhelmed with the pick, but considering the market, maybe that's probably the best. And that's probably why he's on his way to Toronto, is that it's, or not Toronto, you know, or that's, you know, that's probably why they were able to get the deal done, is that they were the only team that came with the first round pick.
3: It is a later first round pick, but it's still kind of in the area that I would have expected. Yeah. To a certain degree. Just you're not seeing first-round picks moved.
2: Yes. You know, and and it's always tough to bite the bullet on a player that you drafted high in a Baji, and you're just like, all right, it's not working. But then again, it goes back to what you said, to making tough decisions and saying, look, you know, I had, I had a boss tell me once, he's like, is this guy going to be good in the business? And I'm like, well, no, but he's a good worker. He does good work. You know, but is he going to be a... Is he going to be great for us? I'm like, no. Does he have a future? No. All right, then cut him loose. I'm like, well, jeez, man. It's a tough way to look at things. He's like, well, no, you're doing him a favor. And that's a pretty cold-blooded Machiavellian way of looking at things. But maybe the Jazz are like, look, you know what? We swung. We did everything we could. It isn't working out, so let's just move on. Let's not try to keep making a square peg fit through a round hole. Did you have a sense that Ochai –
3: Agbaji would have a real future in this league. I guess that's the question you know, I ask myself.
2: Maybe had, you know, maybe he develops into a nice rotation player. But at some point, you're like, yeah, you know what? It's not working. And if you got Toronto saying, you know what? We'll do this if you throw him in the mix. And you're like, all right, here we go. Let's do it.
3: The the tough thing for me is just looking at the timing of when Ochai has come through this organization, and, and the same with Kelly Linick, because. If the timing was right and you had the right pieces, those are perfect pieces to have around a team that's about to make a run.
2: Yes, but
3: yep. this is not the right time
2: and this for is, those pieces, and that's not the team, and it's not the team.
3: So I can understand, I can understand that to a large well, degree. Well,
2: and then also know that Olenek's an rest- un- unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and you know, and I don't know this per se, but, you know, maybe there was a conversation where, like, hey, look, you know what? I'm not going to come back here. If you want to get something for me, you know, hit me up and uh, send me somewhere. You know, those conversations with agents go on all the time. Like, you know, you start laying the groundwork. Like, look, we like what your player brings. We know he's an unrestricted free agent. What are the kind of terms so we can have something together for you when that time comes? And the agent's like, he really wants to test the market. He really wants to see what else is out there. We'll give you guys a we'll give you guys every opportunity, but just know that he's going to want to see what else is out there. And so when you get you hear those words in your mind, you're thinking, "Okay, he's gone." Mm-hmm. So, look, if we can flip him and Abaji, a first-round pick, that's not working for us for a, for another first-round pick, then
3: let's go. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of some of these guys that have to now finish out this season. And they're doing it without Simone Fontacchio, and they're doing it without Kelly Lenick and Ochai Abagi. And You get look at guys like Sexton and, and, as you mentioned, Jordan Clarkson. Maybe even look at the rookies, Keontae George, Hendricks, who's probably going to take more of a role. And i got to imagine that it affects Jordan Clarkson mentally more than others because Jordan's got to begin to that point in his career like, where he's thinking – I got to make a move, or it's just not going to happen. Yes, at some point, I need to be with a team that is going to be able to make a push. And I don't know if the Jazz sit there and sell it to him, saying, "Hey, we're going to surround you," or sell it to Sexton, "Hey, we're going to surround you," or sell it to Lowry, "Hey, we're going to put we're going to put a crew around you, and your time is coming." You know, I've got to imagine that they sell that to them to a large degree. And those guys have to settle in on their patience, right? Oh, yeah. Because how do you keep Larry Markkinen happy? How do you keep Jordan Clarkson happy when all they've seen
2: is selling, 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 well, yeah. and drafting? Well, I, I anticipate that you make him happy by making him a max player in the off season. You know, Markkinen's going to make $18 million next year. He's making seventeen this year. That is a steal for Larry Markkinen. An absolute steal. And uh, and by all accounts, and the people that I've talked to close to the organization say Markinen's happy here in Utah, and I'm sure Utah will reward him with a very handsome extension here very soon. And that's how you'd make him happy is you hit him in the pocketbook. Uh, but you're right. Like, I, I can totally understand where if you're some of these other guys and you're like, okay, well, this is tough to swallow. I want to I make a run at this thing. We feel like we got this thing going. We just had two big wins. We beat Oklahoma City at home. We just beat Milwaukee at home. And we're, yet we're, we're, we're going to tear up some key players from that team.
3: And those wins took Simone and Kelly Linick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Those wins were very important. Our, well, those two players were very, very important to Very vital to wins. those wins, yes. So it's just a totally different look and feel. Of what we're going to see over the last half of the season yeah. after this deadline, but I am excited to see these rookies. I don't know. Well, that's it's, what you take
2: away from. It's like, all right, Taylor, it's your time to shine. Yeah. What do, do you we, got? Do we see Sensabaugh come up? I'd be surprised on that one. I don't think so. I think he's. I think he, you keep him in the G League. That would be my guess. Hey, make sure to join us. We'll be hanging out coming up on Monday from noon to three at Man Hands. Doesn't get much better than this. Jimmy's Flowers, twenty-eight forty Hillfield Road. When it comes to Valentine's Day, think flowers, and when you think flowers, of course, then you think Jimmy's Flowers. Best in the business. Those guys do such a great job.
3: We'll be up north a couple days in a row.
2: Yeah, yeah. We are uh, Miki Couture coming up on are uh, coming up tomorrow. Yep. All right, Hands and Scotty. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
0: This is, this is DJ and PK.
5: Jason Cole, senior writer from 33rdteam.com.
1: How much do you get caught up in legacy? Legacy does mean a lot. You start to talk about what differentiates guys, why guys go in the Hall of Fame. This is the reason. This is why you say, okay, where does Andy Reid start to rank among the all-time coaches? Does he go from somewhere in the top 10 to does he start to sneak up into the top five? Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about he's in the top 10 or does he start sneaking up there with guys like... Like Brady and Montana and Manning and all those guys. Mahomes, just based on what he's done so far, is probably a Hall of Famer. Reed is a Hall of Famer. But now we're talking about a different level of it.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports
4: Zone. And
2: and hands Olsen, scott gerrard 97 5 the ksl sports zone we got the jazz preview show coming up here in just a moment but boy I tell you what big event coming up it's the pbr unleash the beast coming up at the delta center best athletes on the planet hands bull riders yeah no doubt about it.
3: Toughest for sure.
2: Yeah. Keyshawn Whitehorse hanging out with us. Uh, one of the riders that you will see coming up in the Delta Center. Keyshawn, how are you? Hey,
3: Keyshawn.
7: Hi. I'm doing wonderful, guys. You guys doing good?
2: Yeah, we're doing great. Doing great. All right. So d- does one have to – I mean, and I say this in the nicest way possible, but to hop on one of those bulls, y- you got to have a bit of a screw loose, right? I mean, like it that is, that is as impressive as an athletic feat as anybody – could possibly do what goes through your mind when you're up on that thing
7: man not much Uh, I just try to keep my mind pretty clear Uh, I don't feel like I have a screw loose I feel like I got everything gathered up but uh, the main thing is just uh, you know having a clear mind because if you don't have a clear mind uh, your reaction timing won't be as well so you got to make sure your mind's clear so you're not thinking about too much I mean there's times where you know I've ridden and I'm thinking about what's for dinner or if I'm going to watch a movie or a new movie that came out. But, uh, you know, usually when that thing kind of happens, that means it's, you know, kind of coming too easy to you and you got to start, you know, still be aggressive. Keyshawn, where does
3: that love and passion start for bull riding?
7: Uh, I think it was just something that was born within me. Uh, when I was a kid, I saw it on TV. Um, my family doesn't have a huge rodeo background Oh, it's not like I grew up watching my dad or uncles or anything like that or brothers, uh, ride bulls. So I saw it on TV and I, like, I believe, uh, I think the main thing is, is I was born in Salt Lake city at the university there in Utah, uh, during the days of 47 rodeo. So I think you oh, know, okay. God said, you know, Hey, you know, this is, this is <laughs> what you're going to do. So, uh, how
2: did you, you know, your family didn't have a background in it. Uh, did you grow up in Salt Lake or did you guys move away? Or, and how did you ultimately get involved in it?
7: Uh, so, I was raised down in the Four Corners region on the Navajo Reservation, just south of Blanding, Utah, there, uh, north of Montezuma Creek, uh, Utah. Uh, so, on Navajo Reservation, there's uh, a lot of rodeos going on, you know, with a Native American community all across the country. Western lifestyle is huge. So I kind of started off from there. I went to Ignacio, Colorado. I went to a rodeo school when I was a little kid, got on some calves. Uh, You know, went down to Texas and kind of got on some more calves and steers. We traveled around a lot. Uh, It was one of those deals where I really pursued it. Uh, At the beginning, it was more of a deal like my parents thought, like, oh, he's just going to do it and then not want to, you know, maybe play football or something. Uh, But as I got older and started training more, you know, hopping on steers and a little bit bigger animals, Realize the, the ability that I had, the talent that I had, and just grew. And when you realize you're good at something, it only makes you more hungry to become even better.
3: We really want to get people out there this weekend at the Delta Center. It's going to be a major event. Do you hear, like when the crowds are in there and, and they're up on their feet, can you really hear it as you're throwing the rope over the hand and starting to slap in and get yourself settled in for a ride? Can you hear that that energy around you?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a big thing. Uh, like every arena that I've gone to, the crowd's a little exceptionally louder. You know, it, it does really send chills down your back. And it's one of those deals like you're really clocked in. Like your adrenaline goes up higher. And I'm not an adrenaline junkie kind of guy, even though, like, I do I like like extreme sports. I mean, you know, it doesn't get too much more adrenaline than that. So, But the thing is, is that you've been doing it so long. You get used to it, but when that crowd really hypes you up and that crowd really gets going, there's something about it that wants you to just try even harder to get a little bit more aggressive to bring the fight and really showcase your skills. And, you know, it's not so much just to show off. It's more so, like, to be able to accomplish such a feat of a certain bull or anything like that and have that support there. And when that support has your back. It's just amazing. It's no better feeling than that. So when you, um, you know, because here's the thing, everybody,
2: you know, they want to see the, the Cowboys and they want to see the riders, but they also want to see the bulls. I mean, the bulls are as big of an attraction as you guys are in this thing. And what, what, what kind of lineup are we seeing and what kind of uh, who, you know, what are some of these bulls you're going to be facing off against? Cause it sounds like they're bringing the best of the best.
7: Oh, absolutely. TBR does a great job at bringing the best bulls around the world uh, to these events and venues. So you'll see a lot of top bulls there, especially in the championship round, which will be the top 12, the top 15, I believe. And those bulls are the best of the best. Those are some of the bulls. Some of them are in the hunt for world champion bucking bull of the year, you know, or bull of the year. And, you know, there's top prizes for them as well. They've built characters around them. They're characteristic type of animals. You know, some are really mean. Some are really chill. You can pet them, you know, and some are just. You know, buck really hard, and then they go back and you know just hang out. Versus some kind of still have that fire, like kind of a son of some of us guys have after we ride that adrenaline and It takes a little while to cool off. So the the bulls here not only are they big and strong, but a lot of times also they're very smart. That's what kind of separates them from some of the bulls around the country and around the world. For that to say, because they have a really good mind on them sometimes they have trips that are known to you know throw guys off so they'll still stick with it and once guys start figuring that trip out they'll switch something else up. so they're really wow. smart bulls and you know they're they're bred the buck and they learn a lot as they go they know the program and they're just as as competitive as we are i believe and you know a lot of these bull owners take good care of them and they train them and they're in shape that's for sure They're these you know grandpa's old feet Feed bull out there. Oh, herd bull out there in the pasture. (laughs) Well, you can
2: get your tickets at DeltaCenter.com, PBR.com. You can also go to the Delta Center box office uh, tomorrow at 745, then Saturday at 645. That's when things get going. But we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Good luck, man. Stay safe and uh, get after it. Bring home a title, all right?
7: Thank you. I'll try to keep that title in the
2: state of Utah. I love it. There you go. That's a fun conversation, man. These dudes – I'm telling you, if you've not seen it, especially up close and in person, uh, you, you just have no appreciation for the amount of work and the agility and the uh, strength that these guys bring to the table. Well, the
3: guts, man, the, just the deep gravel in the guts. Uh, I I think it's the toughest, and I, I know you, you were mentioning kind of the mentality, and I don't think he was understanding what you were trying to say.
2: It, yeah. It's and I t- apologize if that didn't come across. I mean, it's just like well, you, no, that's you,
3: but that's not what it is
2: though. You, you have to be wired. You have to be wired differently to get y- on that ball. Y- you really do. Yeah.
3: Y- you're not going to find 99 percent, 99.9 percent of the population has no intention. No. No interest.
2: Like I okay, and I and I'm not blowing smoke here. You are one of the toughest dudes I've ever met and been around. Like, dude, your strength, your competitiveness, like, like I've seen you get backed into a corner. And it ain't pretty. Like, you, you come out, you know, you, you don't like it, yeah. and you're going to exert your influence. And yet, with all that being said, I don't see you having any desire to climb Never. up on a bull.
3: Never. No interest. None. I I, I could – I'll wrestle with pretty much anybody. I, I'll, I'll scrap with pretty much anybody.
2: I mean, I saw you but, eyeing up Rulon Gardner, being like, all right, you want to go? We'll and go. I, and I've locked
3: up with him, and it, it did go as well. It's, it's almost like riding a bull. But <laughs> – you and I grew up a, around livestock like this, and as he mentioned, these are trained beasts. Yeah. And they are the greatest athletes in the world, the Bulls. Those Bulls, are the, they're the most powerful, most insanely intense athletes in the world, and they know what's going on. Yeah. They know as soon as that thing cinches up around their midsection and and they feel the weight of that body on their back, as soon as that gate opens, it's go time. Yeah. And that is high-level energy, high-level excitement. I know it's not for everybody. It's always been for me. I've always loved bull riding. I've always loved rodeo. And uh,
2: the PBR is the top of the top. Oh, yeah. No, this is the NFL.
3: And it was fun to have an opportunity to catch up with an individual that was born here in the state of Utah, raised close, moved around, and had to build and find his love for
2: rodeo. Keyshawn Whitehorse, one of many others that are involved, and in it should be a fun event coming up tomorrow and Saturday. Getting those tickets at the Delta Center box office at deltacenter.com or PBR.com. All right, Rich is hanging out with us. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. Rich, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got issues. Everybody has something going on in their life, but yet everybody needs a vehicle. And you're able to help out a lot of people that are dealing with some stuff to make sure that they're in a vehicle that they can afford to drive and then they have the peace of mind. No one's going to be on the road for a long time.
4: Yeah. Uh, thank you uh, for mentioning that. We do have a lot of folks that uh, uh, they're challenged uh, and they have to have a car. And we know that. And so we've, we've spent the time over the last years to develop relationships with banks that will help these folks and do it in a reasonable level of um, – of a, of a deal, yeah. Where it, where it makes the customer feel good, yeah. You know, as far as the cars go, jeez, all my cars are nice, yeah. All of them. I mean, we put them through the shop, uh, even the less expensive models. They go through the shop, so that the bank is happy with the way they drive and they look and they're willing to finance the car. And then uh, for our clients that uh, are, are challenged, we're the Marine Corps, okay? Ooh, we're, ah. the, we're the tough guys. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna climb that hill for you. And uh, you just follow us up to the top because that's where the winners go. Yeah. Right to the top. That's how we roll.
2: Well, there's so many great things going on. And some of these new vehicles, you still have 0% on some of these models too, right?
4: It's amazing. You know, as the interest rates have risen over time, and uh, uh, you can come in here and knock off five or six points off of what would be a normal interest financing rate and get 0%. A lot of my cars are 1.9, some are 2.9. And they're, they're, uh, that saves you hundreds of dollars a month, you know, depending yeah. on where you're at. So, And for a lot of our folks, you know, they'll look at a used car and they'll say, well, uh, I can get this kind of interest rate on a used car, but, gee, on a new one, can I go that low? So zero or 1.9, Would well, gee, would that make the payment about the same on a new car as a used car? And I'm happy to grin yeah, and smile and say, yeah, yes, you sir. hit the nail on the head. Why don't you get the new one then? And of course that's a no brainer. Yeah. Man, and we do it all the time.
2: 4528 South State Street. So many great things going on right now. They got the forever warranty, special APR, bonus cash, loyalty cash, you name it. And again, great interest rates on these new vehicles. Some as low as 0%. It's all right here on 975, the KSL Sports Zone.
5: I was a Highway man.
8: Along
2: the coach roads I did ride with sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her bobbles in my... And Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to check in with the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, it is official, so we can actually talk about it with Bowler. You heard Lock earlier the day had to tiptoe around it because as employees, you got to be careful about what you say as a team employee but now it is official the jazz have acquired kyra lewis otto porter and a future draft pick from the toronto raptors kelly olenek and uh ochay abaje on their way to toronto
5: bowler how are you hey bowler hey guys you there there we go i am there uh, you kind of broke up a minute there and all this new technology but yeah hello from phoenix so uh
2: this has got to be tough for you you're around these guys you get to know them you're probably pretty friendly with a lot of these guys. It's it's always probably a bitter pill to swallow to see some of these guys get traded.
5: Yeah, you know, it is. I, I got to be honest. Uh, you do get to know them a little better than most. And I've got nothing but high praise the the high level personalities of Simone Fontecchio and Ochay Abaji and Kelly Olinick. Uh, you know, you travel with them, you talk to them in the locker room, you interview them, you ta- see them at shoot arounds. And you get to know the personalities of these guys beyond basketball. And, um, yeah, it's tough. It's going to be interesting to see how the locker room responds tonight uh, against Phoenix. Uh, You know about uh, the Suns with Durant and Devin Booker. Those two combined for 56 points a game. So it's going to be a hard task to push through the emotional part of this. You know, this morning the Jazz sent their release out about Simone and just about six seven minutes ago they sent the release out uh, with Oshai and Kelly Olinick so uh, yeah uh, from the jazz uh, the trades official and you know now you have to think what happens now because last season with Vando and Beasley and Mike Conley traded just before the trade deadline you know it kind of set the jazz back in the sense of you know what were they going to try to do. Uh, with their draft pick and where would they finish they had a remarkable start with that group and then kind of flattened out and the jazz obviously missed the play in and were a lottery team right now you know with 30 to play you know they just they've had you know they played 52 and they're a 500 team 26 and 26 and they're coming off two massive wins against a couple of really high level teams in milwaukee and oklahoma city and lost by three to philadelphia uh, three games back. So they've been playing good basketball. Uh, this will be interesting to see how it impacts the Jazz moving forward and what, what else Danny Ainge, you know, has planned in the offseason. That's where the I think the focus goes now is that the trade, trade deadline passes at 1 o'clock just now, what, 13 minutes ago? And so now you yeah. focus on the last 30 games, who you want to see play, who do you want to see continue to develop, and then, of course, in the offseason, the multiple first-round picks that Danny Ainge has, how does he use them? For what? Uh, and it is not the probably the most uh, excited or excitable draft this year, looking back at the last two with all the hype. So does he go free agent? Does he try to move uh, more players? Does he trade with picks? It'll be interesting to see what uh, Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck have uh, have have to say and and how they uh, play this out.
3: As you're watching the moves, Bowler, what do these moves say to you?
5: Uh probably length, probably defense, probably a little youth as well. Um, I think that's all a combination of things. Hands. I think that's a great question because a lot of you know a lot of people are wondering. Uh, you know, Otto Porter is kind of a push in the age factor. Uh, with Kelly Olenek, uh KO had an expiring contract and you know you had to make a decision to pay him probably a two-year deal with a with a year option you know you just don't know what they would have come to uh, what they, the deal would have been but now you have more youth you open up space potentially for Taylor Hendricks uh, as a starter or more minutes off the bench with Ochai's departure and Kelly O two guys especially Olenek who were uh, just a really big piece of what the Jazz were doing off the bench I mean he was a facilitator I always said he was a point guard trapped in a six eleven body and uh, he could really pass the ball rebound the ball score down low he was a uh, really a strong asset and you know in a way for KO you know he's going home to Canada right to Toronto that's where he's from and He'll be embraced there, I know, with the Raptors.
2: So, Ben Anderson just pointed out that uh, after the deadline today, the Jazz, between 2024 and 2029, own 13 first-round picks. Ten of those are fully unprotected. One is top-four protected. One is top-five protected. And they also have five first-round pick swaps, too. Um, Amazing. The – To say that Danny Ainge has a war chest of ammunition to go to to build this team is a bit of an understatement. He's got to be a kid in a candy store right now.
5: Scotty, it's exactly what Ryan wanted, and that's why he hired Ainge to come in. Uh, I mean, he pulled some of these same uh, trades and had that war chest right in Boston, and he used it very well. And you know what the Celtics have become I think it's tough for fans to see some of their favorite players go, but in the end, the end game, and this is what I have to remember too as a broadcaster and, and Jazz Nation as well, is that the ultimate the ultimate win in this is, a, is an NBA championship. I mean, that's what Ryan Smith wants to achieve, and some of these pieces are moved for particular reasons beyond my pay scale, but Danny Ainge is a master of, of moving these pieces around. You know, Royce O'Neal got traded today. And that was a first-round pick for Royce. And I believe they got in return. Brooklyn got three second-round picks. Um, so that tells you, you know, the expertise and the way Danny Ainge uh, works his business. And that's why Ryan Smith brought him in. So, yeah, it, it you know what? Sometimes you get frustrated because there's so many picks in that war chest, Scotty, as you mentioned. <clears throat> when, how do you use them? And now you just have to sit back All you can do is wait because that's what Danny is paid to do is to make this team championship caliber uh, sooner than later, by the way, as this isn't like a long term process. This is something Ryan made very clear when he took the team, the stewardship, uh, you know, from the from the Millers was to win, win a championship, not not later, but like right now. So, uh, you know, what what is ahead will be real interesting to see in this retooling of this franchise.
3: So a couple of things that I read from it, Bowler, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I feel like this says that we're going to be seeing a lot of Taylor Hendricks. We're going to be seeing mm-hmm. a lot of Walker Kessler, a lot of Keontae George. I don't know what it means for sense, but it it really makes it feel like jazz fans are about to get a heaping helping of the young <laughs> guys and, and, and what they see to finish the season.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's probably a good read, Hans. Uh, I think, again, you you took three players in the first round last summer. 16 was Keontae, 9, uh, Taylor Hendricks, and I believe Ball was, was he 30? Um, and, you know, it is time. What do you have? And I think these last three games will be that assessment of some veterans. And even Chris Dunn, guys, honestly, could be continue to be looked at and the way he's played defensively late is how you win titles and to, to pick up pieces to build the wall against a onto and a Kevin Durant, the length that the jazz need to become in the backcourt and off the bench. So I, I think all this is telling to say, look, let's look at the youth. Let's see what they can do. Are they, Building blocks are they foundation pieces of the new look Jazz, or are they going to be used as other pieces to move and to help strengthen this team even more? So, yes, I would agree. This the next 30 games will be telling in just who who the Jazz are, especially with the youth and the growth of Keontae George. Who, by the way, the last couple three games, pretty impressive. Uh, will Hardy, yeah. you notice, have stayed with has stayed with this this kid this young man of 20 years of age in the fourth quarter and two really impressive wins against Milwaukee and OKC.
2: So, uh, all that being said, when you look at uh, this team going into this game tonight, you probably won't have, you know, I I, probably, you definitely won't have some of the new guys here. Uh, what, how, how do you juggle a lineup with so much transition that's taken place over the last 48 hours?
5: Yeah, I'm waiting to see what will does. Um, you know, we haven't talked yet today. He's busy, and I sure uh, totally understand that. I'm guessing he goes with Dunn and Sexton, stays with John Collins, and goes with and So the, uh, the the small forward spot, I mean, you know, ochai has gone, Olenek's gone. Um, I'm still waiting to see if Taylor Hendricks will be arriving, and if not, maybe Luka Shamanich uh, the Jazz will continue to look at as well. Uh, it'll be interesting, right? uh to see where they go in the starting five will never puts much and no coach well some coaches but a lot of coaches will always tell you it's who closes out the game that makes the biggest difference in the most important part of of their game plan and really you can't predict it a lot i don't think he predicted Keontae george uh to be on the floor in these closing minutes and be such a big impact on those two wins uh against the bucks and the thunder so uh, I'm, I'm going to wait with you and see who uh, who jumps in, but also who 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 is on the floor to end a game. Now tonight, I think the biggest challenge, hands. You can speak to this man in the professional ranks. You're paid to be a professional, but you can't. You still can't cut out the personal, emotional part of this. And the farewells aren't easy. Ko was here in Phoenix. He flew with us here, so he had to say his goodbyes in the lobby this morning. Uh, oh, so geez. that's not easy. So. You know, hands. I'm thinking as a pro, you're well-paid. Yeah, you're supposed to go play the game, and maybe that takes over when you start to play. But you do, right, have to pass pass through the mm-hmm. point of saying, wow, man, I miss those guys we've been through a lot. I mean, I think that's what is probably the biggest challenge for the Jazz tonight.
3: Well, I thought that Kelly Linick, uh, I think it was before, was it a pregame conversation or was it a postgame conversation where, Kelly was addressing all the rumors yeah. and his name being involved. And how well did he handle that bowler? He's like, uh, I know what this class. is about. Yeah, it was it was pure classy. He, he handled it the way you would hope that everybody would handle it. The reason that I really liked what I saw from him in that moment is because you do have these young, impressionable guys that are watching how he's handling it. And when you show up in the league, you know, some of the guys that embrace you and take you in and teach you, you hope that they've got the right ideas and understanding of how you handle your business as a professional. And that's why I think that culture is so important and having the right guys in place are so important. So people see Kelly Olenek and how he handles it and people can hear it and and try to handle their business the same. It doesn't matter. I get traded. All right, I got to play tonight and then I got to play tomorrow and I might be with a new coach, but we're all getting paid and maybe someday we'll bump into each other, but yeah, I'm sure it's pretty difficult for these guys to handle Bowler.
5: You know, as I continue on this journey with the Jazz and my 19th season, which is ridiculous. I mean, Ooh. where is time? Yeah, where where has time gone, honestly? But, you know, I see more and more former jazz players and I see other former players. And when we play and we go on the road, it's amazing uh, the bond that really is in this league. Um, You know, and I remember Jerry Sloan was. Looks like we made
2: a lot. Second, we'll see if we can get him back on the line. Uh, Bowler down in Phoenix getting set, and we'll uh, Bowler will have uh, we'll we'll have one more segment with him, where we'll take a look at the game coming up tonight, and kind of focus actually on basketball instead of just all the other stuff that's going on right now. But hands, oh there we go, Bowler, you back? Sorry, we lost you there for a sec.
5: Oh yeah yeah yeah, I'm here. Um, sorry, I think I got a call may have uh, disconnected me. So yeah, I uh, I was just saying, I don't know what you heard about you know, the shaking of the hands and trying to stay professional when Jerry was coaching and that was kind of the old school approach. But, you know, as, as my tenure with the Jazz continue, I just see so much interaction with players because the movement uh, continues, I think, to be very brisk. And you just don't see this John Stockton's who stay with one team any longer. And, you know, J- J- uh, Carl jumped out to hit the Lakers for a potential championship on that final year of his career. But... Yeah, you just don't see players stay with franchises in the long term. Even the great ones take a jump. LeBron, for example, Durant tonight, right? He's made his uh, journey around the league searching for titles. So uh, you, I think a lot of players uh, jump more. Either they force the jump or, or you know, GMs uh, help that along as well. So, uh, yeah, I think these guys will see each other down the road and, and there's a lot of respect for this Jazz team. There is high level Personality and character with every one of these three players who were traded today.
2: Yeah. Well, Bowler, uh, we'll bring you back next segment. Uh, We'll take a break and uh, come back and uh, continue on with our Jazz Preview show. We do have a game tonight, so we actually will talk real basketball outside of just the drama of the NBA trade deadline and what the Jazz will look like tonight and what to expect in this game. Also give you some injury updates, who's available, who's not available, and uh, for both teams. Uh, for the Jazz coming up later on this evening. But Rich is with us as we are live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. All right, so here's the thing, Rich. You got some people out there that are looking for vehicles, and they're thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to look at their 250 used vehicles they've got, which are awesome, and you've got great deals, and and you've got uh, the forever warranty on those bad boys. But right now, the world is so turned upside down that they could probably get into a new vehicle for the price of a used vehicle right now, or for the monthly payment at least.
4: It's a pretty amazing time. I couldn't say that was a couple years ago that would happen because the rates on everything were so low. But now um, trying to get a used car at a really great rate is – Although we can do it, yeah, it's still not even close to what you can get on a new car. So for a lot of our clients, they're finding once they come in, they tell you, look, hey, I want to look at a used Altima or a used Camry or a used this or a used that. And I'll show them something new as well. And when I show them the payments, the payments are about the same. They're like, you've got to be kidding me. But that's how the numbers work. And that's why we got great men and women putting our numbers together for you. Uh, one of the things about being a business 55 years you develop a lot of relationships yeah. with a ton of banks. And a lot of our clients, they like to go out and make it a two-stop purchase. I'm going to run to my bank, see what I can do there, and then I'm going to run over to the store and see what they'll do in the cart. You know what I say to that? Make it a one-stop deal. One-stop Save yourself job. the headache. I'm already associated with your bank. <laughs> already done. I already know the people working there. And because we have buying power for you, I can usually get you an even better deal than what they'll offer you straight up. It's amazing.
2: Well, you're all about saving people money because you know, and you've mentioned this all the time, you want lifers. You want people that when they need a vehicle, there's only one place they go. They want to see you and your staff because they know that you're going to respect them.
4: That's right. I don't want to sell you one car, folks. I'd like to sell you 20. (laughs) Take a little time to do that. But by the time your family's grown up and the kids need a car, it ends up being 20, 25, 30 cars over a lifetime. I've been doing this for long enough to see these families grow up, my own included. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're a great place to get a car, especially when you're buying for your family. You want to get something nice for your wife. You want to make sure it's secure, it's comfortable. If it's a used car that's been through the shop, it's going to go through the wintertime, it's going to go up to Park City, it's going to take you out to wherever you want to go, maybe California, hit the coast. I got cars that will do that comfortably where you feel comfortable going out in them.
2: 4528 South State Street, again, forever warranty. Uh, some of these models here, these new Nissans, as low as 0%. You've heard me talk about Nissan forever. Uh, my wife's driven a Pathfinder. I've driven a Murano. My kid drives a Sentra. We're a Nissan family because we know the brand. We like it, and we know that uh, those are going to be well taken care of, and they all have those forever warranties
4: attached to them too, Rich. That's a testimony that touches my heart. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, I I, I love them. I absolutely love those Nissans. And trust me on this one, they will take care of you. You take care of it, it'll take care of you. It's all right here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone.
0: This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. The
2: head coach of the Salt Lake City Stars, Steve Wojciechowski,
0: You know, one of the things I've been impressed with Keontae is he seems to be a real basketball junkie. And as a result of kind of studying the game and trying to learn about the game, he's able to watch and see and listen to what the coaches need and input that into his game. Keontae was a scorer in college. I mean, that's like he's a, he's a bona fide scorer, one of the best young scorers in college basketball. He really made his mark with the Jazz by passing. Which tells me that his basketball IQ and his ability to understand what the game needs, what the team needs, is really advanced for a young player. And so that maturity piece, to me, is exceptional. And you combine that with a really high level of talent, you have a star in the making. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson, every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Song. We spotted the ocean, the head of the trail.
1: Where?
2: Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Trade deadline is now in the rearview mirror. Jazz are now set for the rest of the season. And we have games to be played. Yeah, I know. We got all the drama, all the excitement of trade deadline. But at the end of the day, the Jazz are still taking on the Phoenix Suns coming up tonight. Game will start at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it right here on the zone. You can also watch it uh, and hear the dulcet tones of one Craig Bullerjack on your TV. Bowler. Jazz and Suns, what do you expect out of this one? Because I know there's a lot of people up in the air with both teams, frankly, on uh, who's going to be in the lineup tonight.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I think is important to point out tonight. Um, from the Jazz and the Suns, you get that afternoon injury update that the league uh, is very <laughs> is always very interested in. Uh, you got Devin Booker with a left hip that's sore, okay, so- soreness yes. on the left uh, with the left hip, and then Bradley Beal. Uh, right ankle sprain, questionable. Those two jump out at me the most. So, you know, Booker leads um, behind Durant, number two scorer, just under 28 a game, and Durant scores 28 and change. Those two combine for 56, which is outrageous. But, you know, that's who this team is. You know what? If the Jazz can push their way past the emotions, uh, there's still scores with Utah, right? Marketing, don't forget, and what Sexton <clears throat> has been able to do. Uh, but, uh, their starters against the Bucks, I looked at this, uh, Scotty and Hands. their starters scored 103 of the 114 points against the Bucks. So what I'm saying is that the bench for Phoenix is not that of much of an impact. It's basically Grayson Allen, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and, uh, and some Eric Gordon. So there's your six with Nurkic in the middle. So... You know, if the Jazz uh, can find a way to take some offense away from, whether it's Booker or Durant tonight, potentially be competitive. But this is a very good Phoenix team. Uh, and they shoot the ball well. The mid-range game of Durant and Booker are well-known, so that's going to be on on uh, the table as well tonight. And Grayson Allen always has been a Jazz killer. I mean, since he was taken back in, what, 2018? He played one year, but he's a 49% shooter from downtown. So that's the one guy I would spy all night long uh, when he's on the floor. But I think the biggest challenge is just to regroup. And I think they probably will. Once you hit the floor, the adrenaline of the moment hands, right? I mean, in any sport, everyone who's played knows it may not feel very well, but when you start to play, the adrenaline kicks in. Mm -hmm. And then the game takes over. And then you can think about what happened today or last night. uh, And then... But you have, I guess you, I guess it's short memory. You just got to go play the game. If you get beat by forty, it's that same concept of saying, okay, uh, we got beat tomorrow night. We play again, and I think that's how this. I think this is how the Jazz will will respond. I really do.
3: Hey, Buller, have you been surprised how long Grayson Allen has stuck around and some of the success, averaging thirteen points, four rebounds, and three assists now in his jeez, what would this be? I know he was the eighteen draft, so yeah, year six.
2: Years. Wow, it's been six years!
5: My goodness, crazy! Isn't it? Are you
3: surprised yeah. with his success?
5: You know what? Uh, he came in with uh, some baggage. You remember, right? Uh, of oh, his yeah. days at oh, Duke. Yeah. and you know, I think he's matured a ton. And you do, you finally understand your role and who you are. He's jumped around a bit, but I will tell you this: he'll play a long time with three-point percentage like he has right now, and he's been very consistent. Uh, with the three-point shot you know the size is good he's six four, two hundred 200 pounder uh, played at duke so you have to think okay he was well coached with Shashevsky, but 49 percent this year from three so you know I, I didn't think he wouldn't make it I don't know if the jazz were that comfortable if he was going to adapt to the pro game and that's why a lot of players sometimes jump and go when you get young 20 year olds and 19 and even 21 year olds trying to adjust from college into the professional ranks, it's difficult to do. Hans, you know that, and I think that's that's probably where he was with the Jazz, still immature, still had the bad boy uh, complex or the attitude from Duke, and he's found his way. and I think he'll play a long time if he continues to continues to shoot the three. Uh, Big T always, you know, laughs and talks about like a Davis Bertans, you know, who's been around the league. He does his contract stipulates only one thing, and that one thing is to shoot the three. But Grayson plays some pretty good defense too, so you mix those two together, you'll play a long time.
2: Craig Bowler, Jack joining us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You bring up the Suns, and I think it's pretty fascinating too, because you can tell that they realize that their bench is not good. They, um, you know, they they work on bringing in Royce O'Neill and David Roddy, who uh, will try to give them a little bit of a scoring punch off the bench as well. But but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this is a Suns team. If they're going to make a run. Then, uh, then they're going to have to shore up that bench because it certainly is a huge weakness of this team.
5: Well, let's see, per reports, you know the Knicks have gotten better. Per reports, Oklahoma City brings in a former Jazz man. Uh, you know, I have to say per reports because again, uh, I, I got to be careful until oh, yeah. you know, yeah. things things pass through. Sometimes deals break down uh, depending on what the uh, the physicals and all the uh, all the other things that come into play. But, yeah, the, you know, there wasn't major, major players involved. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it's little pieces that help you. And, you know, uh, probably the Jazz have that in mind as well. Uh, you know, what and, – and, again, they're going to look beyond just the last 48 hours, but, you know, look ahead to the draft and look ahead to free agents. They want to see, you know, contracts – that are expiring and who wants to move what. Because you know what, you, I was thinking during the break, you guys mentioned uh, the, the, the the plethora, that's a great word, of picks that Danny has, but also <laughs> he's got cash to spend, right? And that's the other part of the equation is that he's open now to multiple ways of, of obtaining players. And he also can't pay players if he needs to, for them to stay, to be a part of this. Chris Dunn would probably like to hear that in the off season, right? His journey has been remarkable and the way that he's made his way back. So into the NBA. So it's, it's going to be interesting again. Um, and I always say this every year. I mean, I've worked with so many uh, general managers, you know, first it was Scotty Layden and then Kevin O'Connor, um, you know, all those guys are po- poker faces and you never really hear much or get much out of them, but that's, <laughs> That's probably the way it's supposed to work, Dennis. You know, Lindsey, same way. And now Danny and Justin, uh, they've got poker faces, and that's (laughs) that's how—that's, I guess, how you win the game in the end when you're dealing players and and returning and getting back draft picks in in exchange.
3: You know, Bowler, we've had an opportunity to watch Larry Market, and now in a couple of games post All Star pick, and we saw his 33 point performance against OKC, double double two, pulled down 11 rebounds was beautiful off the perimeter great percentages across the board and you know cuz i was watching a little bit more close thinking okay does he does he hold a grudge does he kind of cut with an edge because his name wasn't called but do you think that larry Markin even gives two turkey turds over being an <laughs> all-star or not
5: two of them maybe three but not two um, <laughs> you know hey bowler bowler lunch lunch is, you
2: pick the spot anywhere <laughs> in salt lake you want to go to for dinner Hans and i will gladly take you if you work in two turkey turds into the broadcast tonight
5: <laughs> you and sharon too market market street sounds pretty good let me see what i can do um you know i i don't i think i think in the back of his i think in the back of his mind that first moment is like damn you know what else i gotta do but Motivation, yes. And what I like about marketing is that he is on everyone's radar. He's on everyone's uh, report. Everyone's going to defend him. You know what I like about marketing? That he's fought through the physical part of this game. And again, he's shown us a little bit more of himself every time. The three level scorer, Scotty, in hands that he actually has become. And that is, he was parked out in the three point corner in the early part of his career, but he's actually a good mid range. And also he's a powerful force to handle down, down low. So I think he's learning to play uh, a more, a little stronger in the paint. And I think that's been evident the way that he's been able to close out games. And these last two wins have been a lot of marketing, a lot of Keontae George clutch threes, a lot of um, Chris Dunn's defense. But marketing is not easy to score 24 points a game in the NBA and grab nearly nine rebounds and still shoot 41% from three. So it tells you the versatility of this guy, and I think he's grown a ton since the Jazz had him last year and even this year. So seven years in, probably you think you know what you get, but I still think there's some, even some higher-level improvement for and that can up, up his scoring average at 25, 26, and still be a, a impactful rebounder. But that three ball is what counts in this league today. The power of the three. Uh, how it, how quickly it can change the course of one game in a matter of a minute. Uh, you turn the ball over, and you know what, since I'm talking turnovers, that's probably the biggest point of emphasis the Jazz will look at in the final 30 games is to still make the better pass, not to get overplayed, and not force it out. And if you're going to make a pass, pass it like you mean it. Just too many just errant passes have gone astray. And uh, I think that's one thing the Jazz hope to improve as well is uh, the turnover department and the points given away. So that translates into translate that translates into transition defense. And the Jazz, I think, want to yeah. try to continue to, to improve in that category. And tonight they're going to have to do it because Booker's going to run you to death along with uh, uh, Kevin Durant. If you give, if you give them the ball uh, in a turnover situation.
2: Before we let you go, we got to give a shout-out. Walker Kessler's been on a good run as of late. What do you think has uh, spurred that on?
5: That's a great question. I, I tell you, I was a little uh, concerned, or maybe I was in a quandary, pondering, why would Walker seem to be, in his sophomore year, uh, less confident? And Hans, I'm going to ask you that as a professional. You know, I think he had such great success, right, as a rookie, again, people start to know who you are. And uh, he seemed timid. He was seemed unsure. I think the elbow may have been a problem early. I don't think he's going to use that. But still, he seems to be much more engaged and more confident in these last 10, 15 games. And, you know, the guy still has 120 blocks in his pocket. I think, you know, jazz fans are looking to him to be more offensive-minded. Um you know he's a great rebounder and shot blocker and obviously at the rim he's 66% from the floor but you know can he can he develop a sweeping hook can he face the basket and jump one in or you know or two he's great on the break he runs hard but hands i don't know man the sophomore that sophomore season is kind of tough for everybody isn't it
3: yeah it's really tough and you know i think one thing that i was never afforded was the confidence that i was going to be there tomorrow Oh, and yeah. that always weighed that always weighed heavy on me. and I, I was never able to, to really find my fit and my confidence. And one thing I watched with Walker Kessler, sometimes he gets down on himself, his body language seems less than favorable, and his performance isn't up to par. And then he's out there the next night. and the next night be, might be way different and and better. But the way I look at it is Walker Kessler needs to understand you're going to be here, kid. Like you're you're fit for this league. You're made for this team. You're not going anywhere. So if you mess up, have a fish like memory, make sure it's not carrying over to the next game or the next play even. And I think that comes down to Will Hardy's management of Walker Kessler through this second year is just making him feel confident. Hey, you're going to be here. This league is made for you. You are a fit. Just keep your confidence up and see if you can find that consistency because we've all seen it. When he's on, Bowler, he's a blocking machine. When he's on, he actually has some decent vision underneath the rim. When he's on, he does have an offensive move or two that he can finish with, and it's like, let's just see more of it. Let's see it continue to develop, but let's see more of it.
5: Yeah, yeah. That's a great great breakdown of who he is, uh, Hands, and I think, too, if he was sitting right here with us right now talking – uh... he would agree that he has to be less apologetic uh... he wants to succeed so bad and please will hardy and i think that goes to your comment about "Hey man i'm in this league and i'm in here for a reason so start thinking that way and don't look over the bench on every miscue or uh, or a free throw that doesn't go down he's got to improve from the free-throw line like malone did in those first three years of his career Uh, I but you know what understand who you are and believe that you belong and don't be so apologetic and you know what maybe if you can with that confidence get a little growl in the way you play a little uh, a little mean streak Don't, don't be nasty of course but he has the ability to push around get stronger in the weight room but also maybe just increase your attitude when you're on the floor and understand that you belong here. And I think with that confidence, maybe that little, that little more uh, bully attitude would really help him out as well.
2: Hmm. Bowler, have a great call tonight, man. We appreciate you doing this and uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week, hopefully with a couple more wins under the jazz belt.
5: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I was going to, I was going to maybe bypass today and just set in the sun, but, I said, how can I do that? I got to talk to some hot Scotty and oh. hands. But at the same time, it's cloudy. You know, there's no sun out here. This is not the valley of the sun oh. today. So well, that's, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I'd rather really be hanging here. I'd rather really be out, hanging you. here, man.
2: I was in San Diego over the weekend, and it was cloudy and like in the uh, mid fifties. I was like, geez, this yeah, what, isn't." I, I, I could get what? What
5: do they this call this okay? thing right now? It's it's not the Pineapple Express. What is it? The uh, Atmospheric River? Is that what it? The the, well, Lloyd the kno- uh...
2: Yeah, Lloyd knows about that Pineapple Express, but
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I already
5: knew I know. where you were going before <laughs> you said it. <laughs> You're you so know, bad, that road trip, trip we had uh, for 12 days, the bad weather followed us everywhere we went, and we got more yeah. just cool weather and clouds here, man. Lloyd, I'll let you handle well, that out there. I...
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: we might
2: have
3: Thanks, to have Bullen. a meeting
5: after this one. Uh,
3: yeah. Man, well, B- Buller, hopefully Scotty and I brought a little sunshine to your yes. house. That's all, That's all, all did, we tried to do. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah. I feel bright, Scotty, <laughs> man. I'm ready to go.
3: Well, good. We love you, brother. All right. Have a great call.
5: You. Thanks, Bowler.
2: All right, guys. He's the best. It. Greg Bowler, Jack, right here on 97.5 at the EKSL Sports Zone. Sorry. Man, Scotty.
3: I don't know, Lloyd. One Scotty, day you been guys loose, are going
2: to mature.
3: What? Oh, you're going to say you guys, huh? You're going to include yeah, me. On yeah, this. you're part of the problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why do I have to all be an right. adult all the time? I'm not even older than you guys. Uh, the Pineapple Express has a few meetings nowadays. Yeah, so it does, doesn't it? be a little more careful.
2: All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Zone.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. We might have NHL hockey. I'm going to be saying A. In Delta Center for the 24-25
2: season. Look at you. For next season. Yeah, they got to play somewhere. It's not going to be back at Arizona State.
8: NHL hockey actually being played in Utah before a temporary home for the A's maybe gets filled by a local group here. That's
3: how quickly this could happen. Now I might be getting up I might be getting over my skis here. But I am a boat this close to saying a boat the rest of my life. You've
2: already you've already changed how I you're am, talking here. If you need an on ice analyst. you've already changed your, your your derelict. I know how to do your this dialect. I
8: played street hockey when it got popular there for a minute in the early nineties.
2: Oh yeah you Play I've a little seen Strange hockey. Brew 38 times, oh. eh?
0: Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at KSLsports.com. This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on 975, the KSL Sports Zone. Mm
2: Hanson, Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, out and about today. We are live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray. Rich is hanging out here. We'll get to him in just a moment, but we're in a giving mood, as is Rich, by the way. But uh, right now, caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You'll win a monster size minky couture blanket. That'll help you get in a good spot for Valentine's Day. So just be calling number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. Also giving away things is Rich here at Tim Dally Nissan in Murray, where you're giving away forever warranties to everybody who buys a new vehicle, and probably about what ninety five percent of your used cars too. Uh,
4: at least that amount. It could be ninety six, ninety seven, maybe even ninety eight right now. Uh, so, uh, for the folks that don't know about it, it's a warranty that goes with the car. It's free, comes with the car, and it covers the engine and the transmission for as long as you own that car so a lot of people ask me well gee rich what if i do 150,000 miles on that thing you told me you still got yeah it does how about 200 why don't you go to infinity and just get it over with (laughs) because uh yeah it's covered okay for as long as you own the car and so then they'll say uh well gee how long has your store been here well we got 55 years in now Add another 55 on top of that, we'll be at 110, and we'll be here.
2: Yeah, Daly family's not going away. Anytime, They're not
4: sir. going away anywhere, anywhere. And, uh, and uh, my family, we're in it, and uh, there's all kinds of families. There's 110 employees at the original location here in Murray for the Tim Daly group. Okay, so uh, that's something that uh, we are proud of, and uh, we just remodeled this building. So oh, beautiful a building. Big, we got a big uh, sale going on. It's... Uh, it's our uh, February love fest, so if you want to get loved in a car deal, and you want to feel like you're loved in a car deal, because a lot of people don't feel that way when they leave. Yeah. Uh, not here, but maybe you go to another dealership, you know, you bought the car, and you don't feel that loved, you know? You feel like, maybe I'm not sure what I got. Yeah. I'm not sure if I got a good deal.
2: When you're driving home, you're
4: like, what did I just do? What did I just do? Yeah. Huh? yeah. That doesn't happen here. Yeah. Uh, when you leave here, you feel loved. And you can hear it in my voice. (laughs) Loved. Loved. yeah, Deep love.
2: Gas prices have come (laughs) down a little bit. We know that uh, come Memorial Day, they're going to pop right back up. um, And people are always like, I hate looking at the gas. Well, guess Guess what? what? You've got the Leaf and that Aria, which is just a beautiful ride there.
4: Yeah. How about going 300 miles on the charge of electricity? Okay, now there's no uh, there's no range anxiety with that. You know what? With the, with the electric cars, a lot of people have range anxiety. Gee, I don't know if I can make it to the next yeah. spot where I need to get charged up again. But with 300 miles and the software system that they put in the cars, it tells you where every charging point is, and it's a piece of cake. And what a beautiful machine it is! No emissions. Mm-hmm. No oil changes. Yeah, there you
2: go. Yeah, That's, there you go. People want to hear that because uh, wanna... they know they're spending money on those oh, things. Oh,
4: yeah. And quiet? Is the car running right now? Yeah, it is. <laughs>
2: you don't even hear it. It's fantastic. It's the February Love Fest going on down here at Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray. Rich and these guys. You want to have that personal relationship. You want to have somebody who feels like they're taking you seriously, your dollar seriously, and your time seriously. You're going to get it down here at Tim Daly, Nissan, and Murray. 4528 South State Street, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone.
0: You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin Chig, chig. That's right. yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
2: This is Scotty 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, our jazz preview show. We do it every Thursday from 1 to 3 right here on the zone. Uh, we always chat with Craig Bullerjack in the first hour, and then we get to the man himself, Tim Lacombe, in the second hour. We'll catch up with Tim here in a moment. Jazz and Sons coming up tonight. Will Hardy's got his work cut out for him as he's got to patch together a lineup with new guys coming in, but not available yet. Old guys out the door on the trade, but. Mm. trying to find a way to make it work.
3: And the Utah Jazz have finalized that trade. Kelly Lenick and Ochai Agbaji to the Toronto Raptors for Kyra Lewis, Otto Porter.
2: Yep. Man, about four years too late on Otto. Well, there was a year. though. Oh, yeah. There was a year or two with
3: Otto Porter. And a 2024 first-round pick, which sounds like it's going to be somewhere around 29, 28, 29, or 30. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. The first round pick will be the least favorable of Oklahoma City, Clippers, Rockets, and uh, Jazz in 2024.
2: So the Jazz are done on the trade deadline. Jordan Clarkson stays. Colin Sexton stays. THT stays. Lowry (laughs) Marketing. Lowry Marketing stays. (laughs) Many didn't think
3: (laughs) that they would. And when I say many, only Only, one buffoon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Why do you make me be Charlie? Whoa. No, I I was just giving a state of the team. (laughs) All right. Joining us now, he's one of our favorite dudes on the planet and uh, breaks down basketball as good as anybody. And I might add, he'll be hanging out with me on the Utah State-Boise State game coming up on Saturday. It is the great coach, Tim Lacombe. Coach, how are you?
8: Guys, what is going on?
3: Just loving and living every single day, trying to follow everything that's going on in the NBA, Coach.
8: Well, it's uh, It's definitely a good day for that. Um, and the deadline is beyond us. I've been kind of looking forward to getting this day beyond us for the last couple of weeks. Um, it has been something I've noticed over the time. I, this is my fourth year, if you can believe it, doing the Jazz. Um, and in my four years, I think the – uh, you know, this trade deadline come around every year, and it's caused a little bit of ruckus. And I imagine everybody gets a little bit twisted up by it, but we're through it now. And uh, we kind of have a clear vision, at least through the end of this year, what the Jazz, you know, have, have in their pocket. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about it.
2: So, all right, so let's talk about, uh, first off, um, the <laughs> loss of uh, – Ochai Abaje and Kelly Olenek, uh, they're out the door. The Jazz are able to secure the services of Otto Porter about four years too late. Um, and uh, but but let's let's kind of just take a closer look as to what you anticipate that this roster will look at. Not just tonight, but going forward. How many minutes do you anticipate Taylor Hendricks will uh, will get now that he's probably a full time member of this team?
8: Well, that that was one of the goals. I mean, I think. If, if you take this kind of cut it back to face value, you know, the jazz had two guys in Simone and Kelly who were expiring their deals were going to expire. Um, and I think for the price point of where those deals are, you know, we're going to be now uh, and the fact that the jazz have seen and kind of evaluated uh, each of the guys for a while, you know, decided to, Rather than to, to re up, you know, to move them now and get something. I, I did not see one other first round pick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Jazz were the only first round pick, um, you know, that got tossed yeah. around. And so that tells you right, you know, there that second round picks were kind of the currency and the Jazz were able to get, get a, um, you know, a first using the expiring deal um, of Kelly along with Ochai, who has a, a team option next year. So the jazz have been through their initial couple of years. They have a team option They've decided, Hey, we love Ochi as a person, you know, direction, you know, as a direction though, we're, we're going to pursue other options. And so that's kind of at face value, all the guys and, and parts, partially the reason. Um, I think you add into that. Now, the fact that as you mentioned, Scotty Taylor Hendricks is the guy you drafted last year. And it was unique because he was a guy who was a little bit ahead of his clock. Um, you know, nobody really had Taylor Hendricks this, this summer before going in the first round and he kind of came onto the scene. So really his, his experience has been different at first part of the year. And this is all plans, right. Um, that we don't necessarily have access to, but they, they want to acclimate, acclimate him to life in the NBA.
2: Uh, Looks like we lost Coach there for a second. We'll try to get him back on here in a moment. But uh, talking about Taylor Hendricks, give me what you think minute-wise. I'm thinking 17, 18 a game, probably in that range.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think if you creep into that 20-minute range, you're probably hitting some of the ceiling with him at this point. But I'm expecting to see some of that. You know, we did see a sense of ball earlier in the season um, for a matter of whatever it was, four or five games. Didn't see a ton of usage. Just saw him yep. jump onto the scene for a minute, and it makes you wonder if we see him a little bit. We were talking to Bowler about him, and he was the 28th pick. You remember back, and you had the 9th, the 16th, and the 28th pick that we all sat there on draft night. I think you were there on that draft night oh, coverage. Yeah. I know Coach Lacombe. I want to say I was there with Steve Cleveland for a bit.
2: Oh, no, no, that was I was not there for that one.
3: Were you not on that one?
2: That was the kid's wedding day.
3: That, oh, that's right. Uh, Jake Scott was, was hosting it and we were sitting there watching these draft picks thinking, all right, well, they're going to move them, right? Like there's going to be some type of movement. They're not going to take all three. And sure enough, they didn't. I've got to imagine that a lot of what we're seeing right now is to try to open up space. Most importantly for Keontae George. Some for Taylor Hendricks and maybe, 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 maybe some for Bryce Sensabaugh. They, they want to take a look and, and remember Sensabaugh was dealing with injury as he was coming into the league. He had, he, he dealt with the procedure. So he's just starting to round into form as well.
2: Well, and th- those are guys that can be, you know, look you know, Taylor Hendricks was going to have to have meaningful minutes come up in October. Now you can get him meaningful minutes in February and March and April going into the stretch run of the season coach lacombe back with us as we continue to wrap our brain around what we've seen over the last couple days um but again you mentioned coach not a lot of people are dealing out first round picks and the jazz were able to secure at least one of them seems like people are tightening the belt around the league a little bit but the jazz continue and danny ainge continues to ratchet up the assets going into next going into the offseason
8: yeah it was ben's and i apologize i dropped i don't know what happened um But my cat now is very well educated because about five, I was about five minutes into that uh, explanation. So (laughs) while our listeners perhaps may still be in the dark, my cat ran off and totally understands the jazz now. Um,
4: Yeah.
8: uh, No, you're exactly right. And and I think, you know, you got to look at these things like windows. They're windows where the jazz have opportunities to change and tweak their team, to add pieces to. maybe subtract pieces which then opens some things up like we see here for the younger guys um i'm i'm stoked about taylor hendricks getting more time i i love watch i loved watching him play in his short little stint uh with the team but this is all big part of a, of a master plan you know he needed a lot of minutes regardless of where they were and so his development has been more in the g league to this point um and then Sensaba had to change his body And he had to get in better shape, and he had to get used to kind of the speed of the NBA. Um, And so in his, you know, I saw him the other night. His body looks great. So, again, two guys that are part of the plan. We just haven't been able to evaluate, or the Jazz haven't necessarily at the NBA level. That's one of the great things in the last 30 games they're going to be able to do.
3: So the Utah Jazz were sitting at 500. And there was a couple of wins. These last two wins, I think, that energized the crowd and made made us all feel like, well, okay, this could be a play in team. With the Jazz selling, which is what we've seen them do, take a lot of assets. Are they absolutely out of the top ten seed now as they finish out this regular season?
8: Oh no way! I don't. I don't think they that they, they are. I uh, I think what's kind of cool right now is this is um, a challenge for everybody that's left. And, um, you know, obviously they're going to miss a lot of what Kelly brought, um, you know, in terms of facilitating from that big spot. But I think they can, you know, I think they can compete. I think the, um, you know, the margin for error is certainly going to be a little bit less. And guys are going to have to really lean into the team concept. And uh, really, it's going to be. How fun is it going to be to see Taylor Hendricks out there? Like you, you guys talked about before I got on about closing games. We talked about that with Bowler. Um, but Taylor Hendricks being able to close down NBA games. And, you know, my, my hope is that the Jazz continue to have success. And I think they can. I mean, Colin Sexton and Lowry Markin have been phenomenal. And um, as long as guys can be solid around them, um, you know, the one thing that Taylor showed he can do at the NBA level is he can defend and he can make shots. So that seems to be a piece that you could plug in there, and um, albeit young, and he's going to probably run into, you know, obstacles here and there. But this is a fun time for the Jazz.
2: What do you uh, what do you anticipate from Otto Porter?
8: You know, I don't know. Um, I I think it's interesting because I think there were a lot of opinions about Chris Dunn you know, when his name popped up and people were like, Oh man, what, it's a relic. What are we doing? And, and it just so happens that Chris Dunn has had a marvelous time here in Utah and really kind of resurrected a career that was just paused for a bit, you know? Um, so I think there's part of it where you, sorry. And we lost again. It. Oh, there we I'm go. Back. Now we got
2: you back. Uh, yep, we got I, you back. I,
8: yeah. I, I hope there will be, you know, I hope there'll be a little bit of a uh, opportunity for, for the the young guys to kind of make an impact but I do believe that it's a uh, oh, this is gonna be fun I think it's gonna be fun to watch from a different way you know you're gonna to have to watch it a little bit different understand that some of the strengths that the Jazz had aren't gonna be there but um, man like I'm looking forward to just seeing tonight in the difference in the team and hope hopefully they can bond together and uh, kind of play with the fire that Sexton and Markin have been playing with all year
2: yeah. Otto's only played 15 games this year. He only played eight games last year, 63 the year before that, three. You know, obviously there's there's not much there that uh, that is there to be had with Otto Porter, but it would be interesting to see if there's – because, you know, there was a moment where it felt like, hey, that, that guy would be a good jazz man. But uh, those days certainly appear to be in the rearview mirror. All right, so let's talk about Phoenix. One tonight, now, you, you know, Will's got his work cut out for him because he doesn't have the uh, – he doesn't have anybody new here yet, and he's got to work with the uh, with, with guys out of the lineup. How do you think this thing gets pieced together?
8: Well, I love that. Uh, I love when Will gets to do this. I think he's a great tinkerer. Um, and, and like I said, you know, I think that they, th- these are these have been really successful pieces that have kind of helped the team get to this point. Uh, but there are still a ton of pieces, um, really successful pieces here. So tonight, you talk about Phoenix. They are the 15th-ranked offense, or excuse me, defense, and uh, sixth-rated rate, offense. Obviously, it's going to be, um, I guess it's up in the other whether Booker's going to play or not. I think he's kind of nursing a hip or something like that. So I think it's uh, it's one where tonight the Jazz just have to continue to build on the last two games. I think they found... That little sweet spot on offense again where the ball really is moving. And then they were able to, the fourth quarter against Milwaukee, and then I thought they really battled uh, all, all game long. They had to against OKC because they're so good. Uh, but they've got to continue to really focus on the defensive end, and, and a huge part of it is ball, con- ball security. When they turn the ball over, it's really hard for them to get a handle defensively. Um, the other night they turned the ball over against – OKC okay, nine times in the first quarter, or excuse me, in the first half, uh, for eighteen points. And in the second half, they only turned they turned over still probably five or six times, but they only gave up three points. So turnovers for touchdowns will be big tonight. They got to eliminate that.
3: You know, Coach, I was looking at who does remain with the Utah Jazz and some mm-hmm. of their contract situations. And Jordan Clarkson goes through another deadline and another offseason and another trade potential and still exists with the Utah Jazz, and his contract runs through the 25-26 season at $14 million, and the Collin Sexton contract runs through the same season, 25-26 season at $19 million. Is it safe for Jazz fans to look at this and say, all right, well, whatever this building process is going to be, Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson along with Lowry markinen sure seem to be a part of the plan of that future.
8: You know, I I don't know that I'd go to that extent. I think um you know with Jordan for instance, now there was a lot of interest in him this year and um and I think he still remains a movable piece the the big change is this summer his his contract goes from what is this year 23 20, almost 24 yeah, like, million down uh, to 14 right so in the summertime you've got a again now you've got a guy who is still really coveted but in a salary slot that is way more digestible for a team that's trying you know a team that's possibly got their their team together, that seems more like that mid-level, you know, 11 to $15 million piece.
2: So I think, um, is that crazy? We're saying- yeah, we'll go ahead and let Coach go and uh, let him get ready for the game tonight. Jazz taking on the Phoenix Suns. Of course, you'll hear him and Jake Scott on the pre-half and post-game shows. You'll hear David Locke and Ron Boone on the call as the Jazz take on the Phoenix Suns,
3: man, that, uh, that does make a big difference going yeah. from 23, five down to 14 million.
2: Yeah. That I'd forgotten that that contract was front loaded like that.
3: Yeah. And you get two years at that number at 14 million with yep. Jordan Clarkson. That does make it a really enticing piece. And what you could potentially do with some of that flexibility, John Collins is on the books till 2526 when he has a player option at twenty six point five million dollars. Yeah, he'll pick that up. I think.
2: I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I
3: think that'll be a pickup for John Collins in twenty five, twenty six. And then we know that the Utah Jazz. Well, at least we would think that the Utah Jazz are going to max out Larry Markkinen, and, and make him a long piece tour, uh, uh, a long term piece of this team.
2: I would certainly imagine.
3: I would like to see it. Yep, because absolutely. Because I think Lowry on a championship team could be a very solid two.
2: Give that man a good chunk. Give that man his money. Very solid two, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. And solid twos, really good twos, are max guys. Are max guys. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty live here at Tim Dally, Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. So many great savings going on right now. 0% financing on some of these models uh some at 1.5 2.9 uh you're going to save more money going through nissan than you will uh going through local banks and credit unions right now especially when you're looking at used vehicles now if you go used you know you're going to get hit with the a lot of the interest rates that are out there right now if you go new you don't have to deal with that nissan's its own bank so they can handle it whatever they want to throw at you and a lot of these are at zero percent so I'm telling you, it's a weird world we're living in right now. And, you know, the old standard was I can't afford a new car, so I'm going to get into a used vehicle. Right now, because of these interest rate savings, you can get into a new vehicle for about the same price. On your monthly note as a used vehicle, if not lower, it's that weird, it's that crazy, it's that bizarre of a world that we're living in right now. So you need to come on by, say hi, Rich and the crew, ready to help you out. 4528 South State Street. And Rich, um, you know, you look at the forever warranty, you look at the uh, situations that people are dealing with right now, and and I love the fact that somebody could come in here and say, Hey, look, Rich, I love this. I love this Altima. Uh, I love that it's got all-wheel drive. I love everything about it, or I love the Pathfinder. But here's the thing. Right now, uh, I'm still recovering from the holidays. Uh, can you give me until March? Can you give me until April, till I start making the payments?
4: You know, coming in here is like making up your own sandwich. You know what I mean? You yeah. tell me what you want. You want some of this? You want some of that? You want some of this spread on there, huh? Oh, you, you don't know. want to pay for it for for six months, five? Oh, you want, yeah, five, six months. Hey, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> We're masters here, okay? Uh, having an association with 50 banks uh, at least, and and having a, a, the experience level that we have of taking care of our customers, we know that people have issues, they have problems. They're 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 trying to take care of their families and themselves, and a car is is an asset. To accomplish things in their lives, we love we love doing that for our clients. And if someone needs uh, an extra few months, not make the payment on it, just let us know. We can we can make that arrangement. It's uh, we're so flexible. I can't give you all the different ways we can do it because I haven't heard all the requests. As soon as we get that request, we do our best to make that happen. Yeah, it's amazing. We're flex. We're-
2: well. I'm sorry, go ahead. What
4: is your biggest seller right now on the lot? The Rogue. The Rogue, the all-wheel drive Rogue. Uh, has got some terrific uh, programs going on right now where you can get as low as 1.9% financing for 60 months on that car. And uh, it's all-wheel drive. It's always been a big seller for us. And it's a family sedan. And yet, with that turbo in it, when you pull off the line, you might be a dad. You might be a mom. But there's still that great feeling of, mm, I think I'll be the next first one at the next light. There you go. Because <laughs> I can. Because yeah, you cause can. can. Yeah.
2: Check it out Tim Daly, Nissan and Murray, forever warranty. Rates incredibly low on these new vehicles. Everything uh, and, and a great sales staff to help you out. It's right here at Tim Daly, Nissan and Murray, 4528 South State Street, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone.
0: This is, this is DJ and PK.
1: Jason Cole, senior writer from 33rdteam.com. How much do you get caught up in legacy? Legacy does mean a lot. You start to talk about what differentiates guys, why guys go in the Hall of Fame. This is the reason. This is why you say, okay, where does Andy Reid start to rank among the all-time coaches? Does he go from somewhere in the top 10 to does he start to sneak up into the top five? Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about he's in the top 10 or does he start sneaking up there with guys like, Brady and Montana and you know Manning and all those guys. Mahomes just based on what he's done so far is probably a Hall of Famer. Reed is a Hall of Famer. But now we're talking about a different level of it.
0: Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 975, the KSL Sports Zone.
2: Hans Olson, Scott Gerrard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ben Anderson is going to join us here in just a few seconds, but right now let's give away some tickets. It's the UT, Utah RV Show coming up at Mountain America Expo Center February 15th through the 18th. We're not giving away five. We're not, give, or we're not giving away one. We're not giving away two, three, four. No, we're giving away five tickets. Yes, a good Utah family of five can go to the RV Show right now. Call number 12, 801-575-ZONE. All right, Ben Anderson, who's had a very busy day today, breaking down trades, writing on kslsports.com, posting things or, uh, obviously uh, on the air with uh, Jake from uh, 10 to 12. Uh, he joins us now. Ben, I know it's been a yeoman's day for you, but thanks for hanging out with us
6: for a segment. This is why I'm employed, so uh, I'm happy to do it. <laughs>
2: All right, so uh, I was a bit underwhelmed by the trade, but then you look and see that, Nobody's really handing out first-round picks, so did the Jazz
6: come out of this pretty well? I think if you look at what they did yesterday and what they did today, and you combine them together, I think they did okay. I think had they just traded Kelly Olynyk and O'Chayabaji for a couple of expiring deals and a late first-round pick, it might have been underwhelming. But considering, you know, you've got another Basically, first round pick for Simone Fontecchio, who probably wasn't going to be on the team next year. Anyways, with, you know, the price, so it looks like he's going to get this offseason. season. Uh, you get another guy coming over from Europe at some point who seems a little bit intriguing and is still kind of in the NBA conversation that we talked about yesterday. I think that's intriguing. So I think overall they, they probably did fine. Did they win the trade? That'll probably be determined by what these draft picks look like. They got okay. Value for what they were putting out. you know, I don't think they hit a grand slam like the Knicks did. I don't think they failed the way I think a lot of teams around the NBA did either.
3: So give us and the listeners a little bit more information on Kyra Lewis, the piece that came over from the Toronto Raptors with Otto Porter. We've now heard a couple of names that we're not real familiar with in these moves, one with Vontecchio and now with Olenek and Ochai, but Tell us a little bit more about Lewis.
6: So Cairo was really exciting coming out of Alabama. It's why he was a lottery pick, number 13, actually a higher pick in the draft than uh, Ochai Abaji was. Uh, Not the same draft, but you understand he was a higher lottery pick than even Ochai was. So uh, was a really good player and reclassified from his junior year, basically skipped his junior year to his senior year so he could go to college a year earlier. So he went to Alabama as a 17-year-old and started. And then by his sophomore season, he was the best player on the floor every single night in the SEC. And he was only 18 years old where most of those guys are 19. He was averaging 18 points. He was averaging five rebounds. He was averaging four assists. He was averaging two steals uh, and, and really looked like the mold of De'Aaron Fox. You can even put Colin Sexton in there a little bit. You can put, you know, uh, any of these kind of speedy guards that we see Dennis Schroeder that have really kind of made hay for themselves in the NBA as role players. Now, his first year in the league, they kind of brought him along slowly. You remember there was no training camp, which hurt every rookie that year uh, because it was the first year after COVID, so they just started the season. They were, the draft was in November. I think the first games were right before Christmas Day. There was no real time to get these guys a summer league. There was no time to get these guys a full training camp. So a lot of those rookies never even had that stretch to kind of develop, understand where they were, and figure it out that way. So he doesn't play a whole lot on that Pelicans team. Goes into his second season, tears his ACL in December, so pretty early in the year, is out for the final 55 games of the season. When he comes back midway through the next year, which was last season, the Pelicans in January had the best record in the Western Conference before Zion Williamson got hurt, and you can't bring along a rookie who's or a, I should say a young point guard who's rehabbing from an injury on a team that's trying to get a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. You just You can't do it. You don't see teams do it and they weren't going to do it either. So he just somewhat circumstantially never really got a great opportunity to make it. Now, here's the problem. That doesn't mean it's owed to him, and it doesn't mean he will make up for lost time. He may have just come into the league at a bad time and had a bad injury, and it's going to end his NBA career. Or he's a little bit of a diamond in the rough. He hasn't had a full chance. The Jazz will give him an opportunity over these last 30 games of the season if he can play, if he's even out there. The Jazz didn't trade any of their guards today. They've still got uh, plenty of depth at that position, and they're not going to prioritize Kyra Lewis over Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, or Keontae George. So maybe he just doesn't see the floor, or Chris Dunn. So maybe he just doesn't see the floor at all.
2: You pointed out the stats earlier today on uh, on Twitter: ten, uh, or excuse me, fourteen first round picks over the next uh, five years, including uh, ten unprotected, uh, one top four, one top five protected. Uh, And then you got three pick swaps as well in the mix is that, uh, I mean, that's look, that's a heavy arsenal Danny Ainge has when, I mean, I know we're all waiting for the timeline on which, and when they pull the trigger, do you think, and again, I'm asking you to just project a little bit, does this all hit in one fell swoop or is it just uh, some accumulation over time to really try to rebuild this roster?
6: No, I think it will be somewhat over time and they'll make some of those picks and they'll trade some of those picks, but. I remember specifically Justin Zanuck after the jazz traded Dan or uh, <laughs> traded Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert uh, saying, we don't just have enough picks for one home run But they have two. you know, that they think they can get two home run players with these types of trades. And that was at the time where they didn't realize that Lowry marketing was already a home run that they had hit. They didn't know how good Lowry marketing was. He wasn't an all-star. This was immediately after they had acquired him. And most people thought he was maybe the second best player in that trade behind Colin Sexton. So they didn't know what they had, and then they still had enough, in their opinion, to make two major home run swings for players that they weren't going to give up some of those draft picks this year for uh, you know, a P.J. Washington or a Bruce Brown or some of these guys that would be available that they could have picked up this year but don't, don't qualify as you know those big, earth-shaking moves that would have forced them into the playoffs or allowed them to win a playoff series or compete for the conference finals. So I, I think they wanted to hold on to those. I think they've been conservative i think today was a pretty conservative day even though like you mentioned scotty they got a first round pick which did not move all that wildly or all that easily this year even in what's supposed to be a bad draft so uh it's hard to get it's another asset the jazz feel like they can trade and it just continues to give them some flexibility is lowry marking with the jazz long term Ben? yeah i think he is yeah i mean i i think he's going to be here for the foreseeable future and Kind of the nice thing about Lowry and where the Jazz are is, you know, originally we were kind of, and originally I mean, like as much recently as six months ago, you're thinking, man, if you have to go and get a, you know, a Luka Doncic or a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you probably have to include Lowry in that pick or in that trade, which you might have to have had six months ago. The more of these young guys you draft, ideally a couple of them develop into good players. They're intriguing young guys. You've got these other $20-plus 1000000 salaries that are floating around on the roster, of which there are a couple. Now you can start mixing those $20 million contracts with some of the younger players and draft picks, and you don't have to give up a Lowry market, and ideally to get you know one of these other top 10 players back. And you hope you can hold on to your core – and then still get other good pieces that might even be better than Lowry Markkinen. So uh, I do think Lowry figures into the long-term plans. And then if you get enough of these young players that hit and develop and you still have other proven guys who are, who are starting to evolve and emerge this year, you can use those pieces in a trade to, to get that next superstar.
2: When, uh, when do you think we hear word on an extension for Hitman? Do you think it's a supermax?
6: Uh, it'll be as much money as they can give him unless he's willing to take less. You know, I mean, I don't think the jazz would let him walk next year. So not this summer, but next summer, when he's an absolute unrestricted free agent, they wouldn't let him walk because they're offering him $5 million less than the max barring, a you know, unforeseen injury or a serious downturn in performance. I would be surprised if they did that. So if it behooves them to extend him early and they can save money this off season, I could see that happening. Uh, if they feel like, Hey, Lowry, you know, we want to get this, you know, these moves done in free agency, and we want to spend our money now. And it it's smarter for us to wait on you. They could do that as well, and I can see them working that out. And I think one of the things I've seen on Twitter a lot today, and I think people should make sure they recognize, is like, I don't think the Jazz are wasting Lowry marketing's prime right now. Like, yes, he's significantly underpaid. He is. There's no question about it. But. I've never gotten the sense he's unhappy in Utah. He reiterated earlier this year that he's happy being here. I think he likes that he's the guy on the team. I think he likes he's having success. He knows he's going to get paid because of the opportunity they're giving him. I don't feel like there's a clock ticking with Lowry Mark and time here in Utah, the way it certainly felt like it was with Donovan Mitchell and Darren Williams and even Gordon Hayward.
3: Ben, there's been a few guys that I've watched pop up across the league that I kind of wince and think, ah oh, man, maybe the Jazz should have held on to him. Ah oh, man, he could have been a good piece for a long time, but for the most part, they just kind of drift into non-existence. Um, what is your prediction with Ochai Ogbaji and and his move now to his new home and his fit in this league? Do you think there will come a time where we're like, ah oh, man, that would have maybe been a nice piece to hold on to?
6: Uh, honestly, I would bet no. Uh, and that's not a knock on Ochai uh, or, you know, what, that he couldn't have a five- or, you know, ten-year NBA career even. But it's like, you know, how hard is it to replace Ochai Abaji in free agency? Like a guy like Daniel House just got waived. Daniel House today is a better player than Ochai is. So those types of guys actually aren't impossible to find. And when the Jazz got Daniel House, they got him for nothing. I think they got him for a second-round pick. So you, you don't have to give up a lot generally to get some of these kind of high-variant three and D performers, even though we talk about them being super valuable. So w- coming into the year, one of my real questions about the Jazz was, are either Simone Fontecchio or Ochai Abaji true NBA wings, like NBA rotation level players? Because I know Ochai played pretty well at the end of last season, but it was fluky. And you know, so did Luka Shamanich. And I don't think Luka Shamanich is an NBA player right now either. So some of these guys stepped up and played well, but it's it's really hard to read into the last 20 games of the season of what's real and what's not real. And so I wasn't a full buyer in what Ochai had showed, and I wasn't a buyer in what I had seen from Simone Fontecchio and wanted to see who would emerge this year. And it was pretty clear that Simone Fontecchio just went out and won that job because, guys, it doesn't make any sense to give Simone that starting job over Ochai Abaji unless there's a pretty clear gap in what's going on behind the scenes like you don't give a 28 year old italian rookie or a second year player on an expiring contract minutes over a lottery pick one year removed from your acquiring him unless there's a major gap in how they're playing on the floor and clearly the jazz felt like there was a major gap in how they were playing on the floor and then when they traded simone still that gives you some insight on if they thought ochai wasn't as good as fontecchio and they were willing to trade fontecchio for a second round pick what did they think about ochai Clearly, it wasn't this future star who's got all this untapped potential that they can't wait to get carve him out more minutes. They could have given him 30 minutes a night this year if they wanted to, and, and they didn't do it. They clearly didn't see that for him. So uh, I, I'm not, I don't think the Jazz were fully bought in on Ochai. I wasn't ever really fully bought in on Ochai. I was probably even a little bit lower on Fontecchio than some people were locally. So I, I kind of understand why the Jazz did this and no hands to answer your question. I don't think five years from now the Jazz are looking at Fonte or at, at Ochai and and saying, "Man, can't believe that guy slipped through their fingers." So obviously there wasn't
2: that Paul Gasol like groundbreaking deal today, but is there somebody who got markedly better, uh, or was this all just cosmetic today?
6: No, Nick's got a lot better. I mean, we've seen it, guys. I mean, it was the I want to say it was Game One against the Memphis Grizzlies that the Jazz lost because Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing have to go back and look at the box score but I think boyan Bogdanovich had 30 points in the first half of that game like 30 points in a half of a playoff game he's he's that good and maybe it was only 20 but still like talking about 20 points in the first half of a playoff game boyan's a great basketball player now he's got some flaws but I even remember you know going back to those playoff series of the jazz there was a lot of times where he was looking like Boyan was the best perimeter defender the Jazz had, better than Royce O'Neal, certainly better than Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and and the other guys that they had. So I think Boyan actually can fit in and do some of the defensive things that Tom Thibodeau requires his team to do. And then we know he's a 40% three-point shooter who can get 14 threes off in a game, which is really hard to do. So I love that pickup. Alec Burks, kind of whatever. I mean, you know, good for him yeah. for still being in the league for 13 years. He's not a huge difference maker. He's not going to be the reason you win a playoff series, but maybe he gets them through the Julius Randall injury now for the next couple of you know weeks or months until uh, Randall can come back. But you no, know, Boyan's a huge acquisition, and the fact that they did it without giving up any future first round picks, and they've still got I think seven or eight picks that that they're you know either own or are owed. Where if they want to go out and Make a splash and still get in conversations for a Donovan Mitchell or a Trey Young or whoever these guys are when they become available, they're going to be able to do it. So I think the Knicks have been really impressive. I was amazed at how good they looked the last time we saw them when the Jazz were in New York. And I, you know, are they better than Boston? I don't know, but where I as I would have thought before the season, if those two teams met up, Boston would have beat them in four games. Like it's probably closer to seven. And if you go to seven games, it's a toss-up, as the Miami Heat proved last year.
3: Ben, we got to let you go really quick, but before you go, just a really quick answer on this one. So what ends up happening with the Taylor Horton Tucker? His contract expires this year. Does it expire and he's just out of the league?
6: Uh, no, I bet he gets another shot. I bet his career is not over. Whether the Jazz buy him out or keep him around, I bet you he gets another shot in the NBA. He's only 22 still, 23. He's, I mean, he's, he's young, and he's been somewhat productive when he's been on the floor. Not efficient, but productive. Mm.
2: Ben, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Great work today. And, again, everything at kslsports.com. Make sure to subscribe to the newsletter, download the Jazz Notes podcast, and make sure to listen every day from 10 to 12 with you and Jake Scott. But great stuff. Thanks.
3: Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys.
6: See ya.
2: There he is, Ben Anderson, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, tee up the ball for JJ and Alex when we come back right here on 97.5.
0: This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson.
6: The radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. I suspect we're going to see a lot more Taylor Hendricks before the end of the year. What do you make of that? He has to start playing at some point. And I think we can get an asset in exchange for clearing playing time for him. That's what you just did. I think it'll be really interesting to watch. he had been in the G League for a long time. This will rejuvenate him. Some of his play out of late felt a little bit like maybe he'd been there for a long time. And I think it'll be really interesting. He showed defensive flashes. I think he's going to have to learn how to play hard. I think he's going to have to learn how to play every night. Which is hopefully two things he learned in the G League, and then I don't expect like massive skill development. He's still, you know, over time going to have to learn how to dribble and pass. And I just hope we see a little bit more than just a corner three shooter. Like I'd like to see him play inside the team concept now that he knows he's going to be getting 20 minutes of the night.
0: Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars and Aggies. Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5 The sports SportsZone. Standing here beside you. Want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for
4: you. Let them see what are crazy. I
0: don't care about that. Put your hands
2: All right, wrapping up another edition of the show, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, BKSL Sports Zone. <laughs> no, that guy actually did well for himself. Me and Hans, on the other hand, not so well. Tell you what, if you want your stock to, uh, to do well, tell Hans and I to stay away from it. Because as <laughs> soon as we invest a little money, in the tank
3: uh to the moon with the whoops the dog coin
2: yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, Rich is hanging out with us. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. And tell you what, there's so many great things going on. There's so many great opportunities. A lot of people, Rich, are thinking, oh, man, I screwed up. I, I did not get a car in the end of December, and all the great deals are gone. That's not true. You can still get great savings, great interest rates, more for your trade, and you're still offering the world for these people.
4: Yeah, we're offering the world, and, uh, and for most of our clients out there, tax time money's coming oh, back true. in and yep. that's the time where you want to invest some of that money and get the car that you want um and for a lot of our clients uh maybe they want to keep a portion of that tax money and use a portion towards the car or maybe they don't want to use any of that money towards the car but they want to get the car so that they can go on vacation mm-hmm. huh? it's cold right now huh? be nice Southern to drive Utah. south, wouldn't it? South, California, Arizona. Oh, it's so nice and warm down there. Nice to have a nice rig to go down there with, with some cash in your pocket.
2: Whatever you need a vehicle to do, Nissan's going to have a model that's going to match it. You need a truck, boom. SUV, uh, uh, sedan, whatever. You've got it. It's going to match.
4: Yeah, trucks, sedans, SUVs, we got them all. And we got different sizes in each category. So, you know, I like small, medium, large. Hey, no problem. I got you covered. Uh, I want one of the. Hey, no problem. Got you covered. Hey, you know I want one just like that, but I want one two years old. Hey, got you covered. You know it's a got you covered kind of month. Uh, I love. It. I was surprised to
3: hear the used inventory you've got on the lot right now.
4: Uh, we work hard at it. You know we bring that we bring that inventory from all over the country. We find the nicest stuff out there with the best price we can get on it. I got the best buyers in the business, and uh, you know so when you come in here, you're kind of shocked at what we can sell some of these cars for. And most of our clients are. They love it. And uh, and we work out for volume. If I wasn't doing volume, I couldn't give those kind of prices. But with the kind of volume we do, uh, we do more volume than uh, probably anybody in the state. I, I don't know. I don't look at all the numbers, but we do a lot. I have a lot of cars go out of here every
7: day.
2: Well, that means you pass those savings on to customers too. So you you don't have to you don't have to make up as much. That means you can pass those savings on. It's all about moving inventory and people get to take advantage of that.
4: That's right. They win. And um, our customers win a lot, or we win a little bit. There you go. That's it. So it's a win win. That's how we roll.
2: Forty five twenty eight South State Street. is Tim Daly, Nissan and Murray. Richard the best man.
4: Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you guys it's again. The
2: February Love Fest going on yeah. down here, all kinds of love and that means it's going to be good in your pocketbook as well as you get to save a bunch of money. Tim Daly Nissan and Murray 975 DKSL Sports Zone.